0: Welcome to How to Win the Lottery, Season 7, intro episode, Graphic Content. I'm Joey Lewandowski. I thought of that, uh, Graphic Content, as the tagline. Who are you? Uh,
1: Yeah, Shreds, among other. Shreds here. Shreds.
0: And for the first time ever, very exciting, this is the first time I'm actually getting to use this big, fancy mixing board, other than sound effects third input fourth input too we had we got room for for more people but we have our, our first ever in-person live cast which is very exciting it took seven seasons but we finally did it with us i don't even know how to introduce you for it because this is i feel like i introduced you a dozen times i'm too fast but this is like this is your wheelhouse and i want to make sure that i get it right comic book writer editor Genius Playboy billionaire philanthropist, Heather Antos. Hello, Heather.
2: Hi. You got it all.
0: I did. Tell me about the philanthropy. What's well, that? I was just, I, I, I mostly,
2: in- I mostly do charity podcasts. I okay. just, I show up and, sure. <laughs> and do some podcasts
0: for. So on the aforementioned too fast, we play the boy, do we have a podcast for you game at the end where we find somebody on Twitter tweeting about the movies and we respond to them. And recently we're just like, oh, I'm playing this one for charity. Cause this is like a shorthand. Like if we have another tweet that we want to do, we say we're playing for charity. And our guest was like, so what do you give charity? We're like, oh no, that's just a saying. Yeah. She was like, but you don't give them anything. I was like, well, we do like a toy drive in December, but like, no, this is just for fun. She's mm-hmm. like, "Oh," I was like. Well, <laughs> all anyway. the money
1: this podcast generates goes in my pocket, baby.
0: It all mm. goes to Scott Ackerman for the
1: CBB. <laughs> we don't, we don't, uh, we don't spread the love.
0: Anyway, well, so this is this exciting because this is also the first time we've ever done an intro episode to a season and covered a book, mm-hmm. which feels a little unfair to readers that aren't egg because they didn't know this was coming. But also, also, I mean, the, the book is great. You should read the book, but. Um. Yeah, it's uh, we blindsided them a little bit. Uh huh. Not in the bad blind side, which is now a lie and a scam. <laughs> okay. Anyway, <laughs> this season it's all about comic books, graphic novels. This is something that I have a little bit of a history with. You both have way more of a history with. One yeah. of us makes our living in the industry. Yeah, um, we'll
2: let you figure out which one
0: that is, though. Talk abstractly about. I don't, really, I don't
1: really make a living, so it's the, they. They already know that it. That it's you. Um, how did uh, where did how this you, come about? Wh- where did you start with comics? Uh, like as like as a kid.
2: Oh gosh. Um, yeah, I so I grew up in a small town where like we didn't really have a local comic shop or anything mm-hmm. like that. Um, But uh, so I didn't grow up like, you know, reading your weekly Batman or Spider Man or anything like that. But my mom would say I drew comics before I knew what comics were. I've been, you know, fascinated with with, uh, art and visual storytelling since I was a little kid. I did my own illustrated books um, that our library had competitions for and and stuff like that. So um, graphic storytelling has just always kind of been a part of. Me. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, when it, when it comes to comics themselves, uh, I was, I started off with the Sunday newspaper strips. So, yeah. um, you know, your peanuts, your, <laughs> unfortunately also canceled now Dilbert, uh, Kathleen, all of those. <laughs> <laughs> I've,
1: I've like, uh, I that guy's obviously whatever but like I've gone to bat for Dilbert a number of the comics I, I, are great I love that
0: shit I, I know a kid. and what? it's so fun it's so funny to love that as a kid because you're just like I love middle management I love I'm, office yeah, comedies I'm into yeah. the office when character. I was in elementary school I was staying over a friend's house and he was reading Dilbert because his older brother liked Dilbert and I'm like can I Because he, he had a, you know the collections of whatever and I started reading I'm just like what is funny about this? We were, <laughs> we were eight, and he's like sitting on the bed, like laughing. Like I don't know if he was actually funny, funny or like performatively or whatever. No, yeah. Dilbert was funny. Dilbert's funny, but I, don't I, mean, I I liked it after that. Also, what was the, not to derail, on Scott? What was his tweet about having twenty seven thousand dollars stolen from him five? Like what was him him a very times, specific? Yeah. Oh my god! Do you yeah. know about this? No, he like had a thing where it's just like. Some things you might not know about me, and one of them was like he had a very specific amount of money. Money. Like, it's like like I've had thirty thousand
1: dollars or more stolen from me at gunpoint five times, three three to five times, or
0: something like that. It was like this weird.
1: We have no who's carrying
2: that much cash? I don't
1: know. He's a, yeah, I
2: mean, he's a particular who knows if that's actually true. It probably is no, but
1: he seems like a barrier gold in the woods libertarian type guy, right. Probably. Probably. Do
0: you have a favorite while well, we're talking about the Sunday funnies, so you have a fa- all time favorite one of those?
1: I well I, County.
0: Bloom County. Bloom County. Ooh. I, I feel almost
1: like a cliche saying Calvin and Hogs. Yeah, but, Cal, like, but, but it's brilliant. Hans. Yeah. No, yeah, there's, there's not there's,
2: there's nothing wrong. It's it is brilliant. Yeah. It is a classic for a reason, a hundred percent. I
1: also I also really liked Garfield. Yes. Um and uh I I, I, speaking of performatively liking something, I, I do think that I performatively liked The Far Side because I remember reading this when I was a kid and just being like, I don't, I don't understand anything. <laughs> I, I don't understand any of these jokes, but still like acting like I
0: liked it. One of my favorite jokes, David Cross, in one of his stand-up specials, describes a family circus. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And just like him describing that. Anyway, I searched Scott Adams money stolen gunpoint, and the top. We don't normally Google, but I, I need I need you all to know this. So the top <laughs> hit is from Gawker. Subject: uh, The title of the piece. Dilbert creator Scott Adams shares some facts. So he starts off a thread on Twitter when it was still Twitter. Number of times a real gun has been pointed at my head: five. Five. A, a gun pointed at his head. Then he says number of quote fights I have ever been in: zero. I attacked two bullies in my teen years, but they surrendered without countering. They surrendered. That's what he says. Okay. Number of times my car, sto- car stereo has been stolen: four. That seems uh, like, that seems normal. That's, that's, that's a normal thing. Yeah, thing. Whatever. That yeah. Number of times my home or garage has been burgled: five. Which seems high, but also it happened on I'm my family. What toy. was that? Your home? Home, home or, or garage has, has been, been burgled. Burled. Burled. Okay. Five.
2: So burgled means he wasn't there. Too. Okay. This happens okay. when he's not. Number
0: there. of times I've been assaulted at knife point. Oh my
2: god. Two.
0: Okay. This is the one that's wearing at. What is
2: on. inspiring this thread I, of crime? There's
0: there's commentary by Gawker, which I will let you. I will leave to you to Wait, hold on, Your house has been his twice. twice. Yeah, because we're like, oh, it's not gonna happen again. And then was, again, we're like, was, like, oh, we gotta. I gotta was stick with Glenn Grant. Wait, when he seriously? Was yeah. again, oh my
2: up. god. Not my
0: not this house, but like the, the, uh, the yeah, house yeah, I like, yeah. grew up in was robbed, and like we kind of. La- I mean, it wasn't good the second time, but we kind of laughed because we're like. You guys are late like all the good stuff was stolen <laughs> the first time like all my mom's like wedding jewelry and like all this like whatever like the first people got like a, a heist and the second one just like
1: i wonder i wonder if collaboratively we could match this scott adams i have had a gun pointed at me twice by police both times but he's just like pointing at his head yeah not not me mine was like uh childish shenanigans that that like were escalated in, in a silly
0: way wow continue but this is the one i'm gonna end on there might be more but i'm ending on this one because this is what we look for there's there's so much wonderful about this tweet. Number of times someone stole more than fifty thousand dollars from me. Fifty five to seven times. He doesn't 50? know. You know what I think it is? You know what I think that is though? That's gotta be like his
1: agent. Or like a manager, like he feels like he got screwed out of some money on a deal or something. That's what that feels I, like.
2: I think if we were dealing with a reasonably logical person, right. sure. Yeah. I don't think that is this person we're discussing. Um, and thank you all for tuning in. That is everything there is to know about comics. Mm-hmm. Uh,
1: we, un- we understood <laughs> comics. So Scott, a- Scott Adams, is that mm-hmm. name? Scott Adams. Of Scott yeah. Adams podcast. Now. Not
2: to be confused with Adam Scott, who is a delightful human mm-hmm. being
1: or, and yeah. other kind of comic. Uh <laughs> yeah. Wow., um, Wow. Can, uh, but that was all uh, a tangent away from so so Dilbert is the thing that,
2: yes, that is what made path. me put, Set me on my path. Um, but yeah, and and you know, my favorite television show growing up was Adam Westbert Ward, oh, uh, Batman yeah. Batman show. I grew up with uh, the the uh, animated X-Men series, mm-hmm. all of that mm-hmm. stuff. So I was surrounded by your traditional, you know, I, I feel like when a lot of people think of comics, I think your superhero capes, tights, yeah. bow, Pam, wham, you know, all that stuff. Um, but uh, yeah, it wasn't until I was in college, actually, that I really fell in love with like what you generally think of when you think of graphic novels Mm. and and comic books. Um, I was in a much more metropolitan area. We had comic shops. It was around the time that like the MCU movies were really Mm. starting to take off. Um, I had an American literature course that I took in college that had, um, uh, it it had Sandman, it had Hellblazer, it had a lot of the classic Vertigo books and it transmetropolitan. Um, and so I actually, my gateway into comics was your more indie creator owned stuff. Um, and I kind of fell into superhero stuff on the wayside. DC was doing um, what they call the new 52 era. Um, at the time, so they kind well. of yeah. So uh, you know, there's a lot of controversy on you know how well this was received. But you know, for someone like me who had never read superhero comics before, um, kind of wa- wiping the slate clean, starting everything with a new number one. For sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's how I got into superhero comics, and um, yeah, from there started making my own, and um, then a little little company called Marvel hired me. So
0: heard of them.
1: <laughs> and Joe, your you're, uh your dad liked Superman a bunch, right? Yeah, I agree. that's your that's it, your interest story.
0: It's, it's funny that yeah, my origin story. No, my funny. The funny thing that I think retro retroactively is like I thought Marvel was like an afterthought because like my dad only read DC, and so like when Marvel, I'm just like, who well, who I think reads you, Marvel? you
1: also you, like when I was a kid, it was like that. It was like make my Marvel, it, there there was like a real like divide, and and if you you either like read Marvel, or well,
0: read yeah, DC. like what Sega does, what Nintendo, uh-huh. don't, there was a very either yeah, or. You can't have both. Uh, yeah in uh, the 90s. Tribalism
1: in
2: America? What? Mm.
0: <laughs> and especially in a geek-driven society said endearingly. Anyway. Um, you don't have no, you I grew endearingly. I, my, I, I grew up, uh, I grew up uh, reading that like Garfield and Calvin and Hobbes and stuff like that. But, also but not my, Dilbert later later Dilbert <laughs> but not when I first got Dilbert I'm just like don't, don't get it
1: me copping to liking Dilbert does so much damage to my I'm not a nerd persona <laughs>
0: you're not a nerd though I'm not a nerd but I also like my dad read I remember two he read we read as it was coming out the death mm-hmm. of Superman like I remember like Heard going to going to the LCS here, actually the one in the town that I live in, because I grew up not that far from here. LCS
2: is local comic shops for all you uh, not real nerds there looking at you.
0: <laughs> I, hey, my, my LCS growing up was
1: Comicsology, which is the nice. comic book Rip. store that Kevin Smith <laughs> sold all of his comics to so that he could fund clerks, Yeah, partially.
0: Very cool. And then, is that the one that he still that he bought? It's not in the same place, but yeah. Okay. And then I... He also, the other one, I, he might have other read other stuff to me, but he also read Crisis on Infinite Earths, which was the other. Wow, so
2: yeah, just Superman. Just, just <laughs> Superman.
0: Like, that's why I was just like, like, even to the point where like people are like, I remember, I don't remember if it was school or like a summer camp or something. We were going to like some kind of like playground thing. And like, my friend was like, let's be superheroes. And I was like, cool, I'll be Superman. He's like, I'll be Batman. Batman's cool. I'm like, who likes Batman? Like it was so <laughs> specifically, not even Marvel, not even Batman, just like it's only Superman. Um, He's like, no, Batman's cool. Like Batman like does this. I'm just like. That's not pretty cool. But, like, we didn't even read Batman. We just read only Superman. So. And then also the other one I want to shout out is Sam and Max. Ah, yes. oh, you love Sam. It's like my. Yeah. We named our cat Sam and Max. The computer mm-hmm. game was amazing. The comic book yes. is amazing. I love Sam it's and Max. It's so weird and dark and perverse. And, like, I think genuinely because of that whole realm, when I did my cross-country trip outside of college, I was, like, give me all the weird like roadside attraction shit because like that's yes. what the that whole game is about i'm like give me giant Yetis ball of twine, <laughs> twine. Mm-hmm. i'm, I'm, like, I'm completely
1: best. unfamiliar with sam and max other than what you have told me about it
0: Man, ah. you would love the game still is amazing yes and the comic book is still funny and there's like telltale made newer ones which are fine but like the original like lucas arts
2: sam and max game you have to play it it is you can I, get on
0: good old games for like Two bucks, maybe. Okay.
2: That was very formative. I can't believe I was allowed to play that. Of all the stuff that my
0: parents never let me I, do. Why? But what, same with Max. Is, it, it's just like weird, it's just dark, it's a, and it's like adult, and like kind of like. It, the game opens with a mad scientist bound, binding up a girl that like doesn't want to go out on a second date with him. She's like, you know, you're just uh, you're just too nice a guy, I guess. Yeah. And it's just like, oh, right. like that's, it's just like weirdly, but like I couldn't watch anything. But I was playing Duke Nukem when I was like four Like it's a very weird. Like <laughs> no, that's
1: because parents don't know, like you can get around stuff that they not Well, don't
2: parents see, oh, that's no, a cartoon. They, so yeah, it's, yeah. it's a cartoon also, bunny and dog. You're fine. But I wasn't allowed
0: to watch The Simpsons, but I could play uh-huh. Sam and Max or I could play uh-huh. Duke Nukem. Like when I was. That's wild. Going into third grade, my dad's like, "Here's Jute Nukem 3D, where you go like space bar to like give a stripper a dollar, and she like just like, what is going on? It's it just wild. It's so weird. It was such a weird, anyway.
2: Isn't there like an implied sex worker in Salmon Max at some point too? I feel like there is.
0: Maybe, Hold I don't there. know.
2: It's been a minute since I played, but it's, it's 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 definitely on that like PG 13 level of. If you're a kid, a lot of this will go over your head. Um, But if you're watching it as an adult, you're like, like Rugrats, right? There's Mm -hmm. stuff in Rugrats where like as an adult watching back, you're like, oh my God, how did I, how was I allowed to watch this as a kid? Because some of these jokes are so crude. Mm -hmm. Um, But as a kid, you obviously don't, don't have the awareness to be able to. Um, glean what's really being said.
0: The rules, though, I highly recommend. It. Plus, you can play; you didn't play like four or five hours. Like, it's not a super long game. It's just very funny and like a point and click, and yeah, love it so much. And the comic book is like I got, you know, I think with the game, and then we're like, oh, we also did a comic book, and we bought that, and you know, but I don't have that like burned into my psyche sure. the way that I have the game, but still, you know, Seabrook is amazing. So, did he do other stuff? I'm sure he did. Like, I'm sure
2: he did, but same but Max like, is as obvi- yeah. Yeah. Okay. Cool. What I like Sam and Max. I never went down the Steve Purcell train. Gotcha. Well, I will admit that. What
0: about you? What was your, what's your history?
1: Uh, I am a 40-year-old white dude, so, <laughs> like, my history is very much, like, the... X. Superman? Just Superman? Only
0: Superman?
1: I, You know, it was... Uh, I As a kid, I was a science fiction kid, and comic books were a way to tell these enormously broad science fiction stories like i think the first couple of really huge things that i was into was like uh operation intergalactic storm which was like what is that it's like this uh uh creed the Cree shire war thing Mm. in 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 marvel which like some of which is like kind of getting used now a little bit in, in in the comics but it was like this broad like 25 issue or whatever i'm probably getting some of the details wrong um and then and then also like todd McFarlane and shit like that and then and then like later on the uh uh you know the the like holy trinity of guys my age which is alan moore grant morrison and uh claremont no warren ellis oh right okay The 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 very much uh uh shameful to talk about warren ellis now (laughs)
2: I I have to just go back to when you, when you said like I was very much a science fiction kid. Mm-hmm. I I know you meant like you were into science fiction, yeah, but yeah. in my head I immediately like this little Frankenstein child, like weird science, whatever, like kid with wires and like. He was, born, he was born in outer space. That's that's what that's what, that's what the imagery like my it. brain I'm, immediately went to is I, I welcome that imagery. <laughs>
0: this little that's, that's Shred's new backstory. Shred's I, is this a little outer space, Borgified eleven-year-old. Well, I, I, I welcome, <laughs> it. but it
1: was but, but so like and and I think this this actually speaks into into. This module and things that we're, that that we'll talk about today, which is like, that, that, that desire for like a, a broad science fiction story that had like no budget. Because like, if you watch the movies from that era, it's like even when you're a kid, you watch them, you're just like, yeah, but some of this is like cheesy because it doesn't like it, you, you can't get that. Same That's not like, an
2: alien. That's just a human painted green. Yeah.
1: But, but you don't you don't like but when you read those those like uh, Avengers comics from mm-hmm. like 1992 or whatever. It's, they're real. Yeah. And, yeah. And, and also like this. They're unending. They go Mm -hmm. on for forever, and there's it's it's like all second act, right? Because all all of the like (laughs) origin stories, everything is is was fifty years ago, (laughs) and there's no end for any of these characters. Even when there's a pretend end to the characters, it's not a real end to them. They all they all come back like a hundred times. So, um, like it really satisfied this storytelling um, consumption for me of of like uh, these like unending. and that was like right at the end of the Claremont era. So mm. it was the, uh, you know, I got the, uh, is it Jim Lee? I got like the Pizza Hut like, yeah, fold out book that every single person in the world had, because I think that like might still be the best selling comic ever or something. Um, and yeah, that's, so that's my, that's the. It's
0: great. Yeah. But then, so to get to this thing, mm-hmm. which you had obviously read before, mm-hmm. but you had not. I'm saying you, people don't know. Yeah, but I, had, I had not read Shreds before. had not read but I read this in college. When I, I feel like you know, going oh, through, really? yeah, because I took a visual story. So I'll, I'll get to that. But like, I, I think I I had probably read a couple comics between like growing up with Superman and then then, but like, not in any kind of real way. And then I got to college, and we were just talking about before we started recording. Mouse, I read Mouse in an apocalyptic visions class, which is very cool. Just like okay. all sci fi, like all different media, cool. like movies and comic books and books and whatever. Um, and then I took a visual storytelling class because one of my favorite teachers was supposed to teach it. And then he dropped it or he had like, you know, schedule change or whatever. And so I had this other guy who like, I was like, whatever, but it was kind of a cool class, but it was, it was supposed to be this thing where like for filmmaking majors, you would like start with like writing a screenplay. And then this was like the next step. And you would like basically storyboard out your screenplay into like storyboards. And then from this class, you would then take film production classes where you would actually like shoot film that at, thing. Yeah. So it's like a cool like thing, but like, I didn't do the before and I didn't do the after. So I'm just like <laughs> I'm doing visual storytelling because I want to hang out with this teacher who didn't take the class. But part of it was to read this, and I I remember like I remember still vividly like a lot of the book because I think it's super cool. Did you Did
1: you read the whole thing or does because I I can imagine like just uh, excising. specific chapters.
0: Yeah. Come on, man. You know me. I don't do anything like mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. I very abide to the letter of everything. So you've
2: read Making Comics and Reinventing Comics, also by Scott McCloud. Oh,
0: no, I've only read this oh, one. Oh,
2: okay.
0: Wait, so was, was this the first one? <laughs> this was the first one. Because I was thinking about, because I I feel like the not the point of this book. Well, kind of, like, on, on a very simple... Level, I believe, of, I
2: could be wrong, but the I point believe of this, this book is the first like, one.
0: Take comics seriously. That's basically, like it's kind of like, you know, they're matter, they're not just like for your kids, like they're actual like art, and you should appreciate that. But I was thinking about how not that we need it, but like to do this kind of thing today would be so different. Cause I feel like there's still maybe that kind of stigma, but it's such, we're in such a different place. Of what,
1: taking, taking comics seriously.
0: Yeah. Like where people just like, Oh, comic books are for kids. But like, there's like such more like, you know, the, the MCU of it all. Like there's like, it's reached yeah a new level. I feel like I might've.
2: Oh like- yeah. Making comics came out in 2006. This was 1993.
1: So. <laughs> okay. Um, I think that I might have like a bad opinion on this, which is like part of me, thinks that people take comics too seriously now. Like it, it, it has gone from being something that like, not like obviously something like Mouse is like you you take that seriously, and it and it has become like a like okay. that's canonical for for yeah. a very important reason. Um, but like, I think that we. like superhero comics stuff I like got like should be fun. Mhm. Right? And I feel like a like, oh, the
0: g- uh, whole gritty thing
1: I think that that sucks kind of uh but I also like just like the seriousness with which people take like uh breaking canon and things like do you you know what I mean? Like Oh
2: th- uh, yeah, but that but that's not a modern thing. That's always mm-hmm. been a thing. Like that's 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 just fandom and that's not just a comic that's yeah. any fandom. Go to you know um I I think that's less a medium specific thing and more just a human psychological experience of we've mm-hmm. self imposed our identities on these characters and stories that we love. I mean, you get it with video games. You get it, you know, God yeah. forbid they they change, you know, a character mm-hmm. um, visually or or the storyline or whatever in the remake and, and drastically change from the thing that I loved when I was a kid. How dare you? This makes me question my own reality, right? you ruined ruin
0: my childhood. Right,
2: like that's not just a comic-specific thing. I think that's just very much a people who tend to enjoy geek nerdy culture... Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of us, you know, come from more insecure, uh, personalities that, yeah. that, you know, we self-oppose our own identities within, within these characters. Mm-hmm. Um, no, I get,
1: I get it. Cause I'm like in, in, in my heart of hearts, uh, in, in a deep, d- ugly, dark place, I am like Peter Parker is my Spider-Man. Yeah. Get out of here. But then like, also I don't care. It's, it should be like for everybody. hundred percent,
2: hundred percent. I think I think we've reached a really interesting place and rereading this was really cool um, for me. Just like even just having been working in the industry professionally for 10 years, um, how much the dialogue surrounding comics Mm -hmm. has has developed and grown um, to be taken more seriously by parents, schools and librarians. Like that was the biggest battle, especially. And I can only imagine when, Mm -hmm. when Scott was creating this in 1982, 30 years ago. Um, (laughs) like, how no one took anything seriously. You know, if it's pictures, it's meant for kids. Right. Mm-hmm. And that was mm-hmm. kind of the end all be all. Right. And it's not real reading. And, and schools are now supporting, starting to support that a lot more. Like if your kid is reading, who cares if it has pictures, your kid is reading, like we right. should be celebrating that. Well, that
0: should, that should yeah. count. There is a the thing that he says in there where just yeah. like, you know, when you're young, you read with all pictures and then yep. you get a little bit older and they read with a little bit of pictures and then you, you reach adulthood, you read with no pictures. And it's like, basically nobody reads anything and like there's a there's like a, <laughs> yeah. there's like a real like moment of like poignant sadness where you're just like we're all so fucked just, <laughs> but like yeah, it's like because we do like what we've talked about on this podcast a lot that like shreds has some friends where who just who love reading and like listen to the podcast and i'm like i know zero people who read books other than you mm-hmm. like no one like not even well you i mean but but we don't talk about books. I guess that, I guess the thing. Like, I talk about movies and stuff. I talk about TV shows. I talk about whatever. But, like, I don't have a relationship with people who are like, what are you reading now? Yeah. Or whatever. I think you
1: have. I think you have. I think it's important to have those. And this is a, another conversation entirely. But you have to have those conversations because you have to bring them into, yeah. like, cultural conversation all the time. Like, you, it should be mentioned. But I think but you, you start
2: of, with, do you know how to read? Yeah. Are you start there
0: aware and <laughs> of the written word? No, but I think that, like, that's what this is. What's nice about this is that, like even though this is not as popular, I mean, 30,000 listeners on an average episode, so i really sp- <laughs> it's very popular, but even though it's not as popular as like other shows that I do or whatever, like I think it's more, it's more necessary. I think it's I'm blowing smoke at both of our asses here. I think it's more necessary for this than like a fast and furious podcast. Mm-hmm. Cause it's like, we don't need to talk about this movie. It's just a fun, but I feel like there's something like books are dying. It feels like people don't give a shit anymore. Yeah, I don't, uh, I, I, of, I'm, a not, bit.
1: I'm not as much of a doom uh, doomsayer on that as you are Especially in in the case of comics which as Like I went to my library To uh, like just look at Their selection and it's like
2: It's booming. huge now Yeah, it's, yeah it's, libraries we, we, huge. we have
1: like a lot of it's, of
2: it's less that books are dying And we have this discussion in comics all the time because It's every other day it's the direct market Which is your superhero comics your big two mm-hmm. Your Marvel DC image whatever um, Your floppies that's the direct market But it's, it's a constant the direct mar- market is dying It's not that it's dying it's that There's more options than ever. And so, right, you're not necessarily going to get a giant size X-Men, number Mm -hmm. one, that's going to sell over a million copies because maybe that week only 20 other comics were out on sale. Now you're getting 100 new comics on sale every single month, plus Webtoons, plus, you know... Um, other digital plus independent creator, you know, the, yeah. the, the movie same thing with movies, right? It's the same thing across film. There's more options now than ever. And so to get the giant slice of the pie is, is very, very difficult. Yeah.
0: I think, I think what I, what I was missing for years and also, I think the same thing with the books that like shreds helped me just like get back into reading. Cause like it, I think it's hard to figure out where to start or what's out there. Mm-hmm. Cause it feels overwhelming. Like there's cool stuff that you know that you're going to like, but, you're like, I don't, I don't really want to read a superhero thing. Like, there's there's enough Marvel where I don't need to read those. But you're like, no, there's like a bunch of like like 8 billion genies and everything. Like, just like things that are like contained, small contained. And weird. Just yeah. like this is beautiful and unique also, and like, special. Not, and, not for nothing,
1: but like good luck picking up X-Men and having any
0: fucking idea. <laughs> yeah. And, and, at well, any moment. Although I will say that I, when they reset into... House of X and mm-hmm. Powers of the Ten. Hickman, I'm just like this yeah. is like a this, this, is, a, this restart, is a yeah. This is a point to get on. And then I did it for and, like but, but s- six or seven months. I did the initial run, and it's just like now there's five new stories a week. I'm just like I'm out. Yep. Yeah. Again, try jumping into it now, and you're if they, if no, you're-
2: no, exactly. I, you know, for anyone, I, I say this for anyone who is, you know, has always wanted to get into comics, is interested in comics, but is just kind of overwhelmed on where to start. I hear you. I was you, a hundred percent. Um, One of my favorite things to do uh, every week when I go into a comic shop is to literally just scan the wall. The first image that pops out to me, the first cover, I just buy that. I don't care if it's an issue 13. I don't care if it's an issue one. I don't care if it's an issue 162. I just I pick up that cover because that's the one that spoke to me and I read it.
0: You, you judge a book by its cover. I judge cover. <laughs> a book by
2: its cover, which when you have 200 new comics on sale every week, mm-hmm. that cover matters. For sure. yeah. And it's it's fun for me because I might be picking up a story I would have never otherwise picked up mm-hmm. um, discover new creators that way if that you know if if obviously if it's like an issue 17 I'm not going to have all the information I need to know to, to understand the story but it might be interesting enough that I'm like oh I really like this artist or I really like this writer yeah. let me go back and, and pick so, up the rest so here
0: is a question and I, and I genuinely don't know the answer to this but what we talk about on Too Fast is that every Fast and Furious movie and I think everything like every movie that's in a franchise has to be made with the intent that like this is someone's first, first here. Yes, and like even though it's fast tenant, it, like it makes no sense to start <laughs> here. Someone somewhere, whether they're that's getting dragged be the by a boyfriend or girlfriend movie. or whatever, is going to be their first movie. And so like that's why in this new one, there's like a five minutes just like, well, let's give you a rundown of what the family's been up to. But that is that, but, that, so. So here's yeah, the question. Go ahead. Is that at all true in comics, or like when you read seventeen, just like well, you know it's number seventeen on the cover, you got to you got to start.
2: So I talk about this often. Um, When you're doing with something that's episodic Mm -hmm. or syndicated, um, you know there is uh, comics, Marvel, Marvel and DC. Some independent comics do this. Um, where they have what they call the recap page, and mm-hmm. that's like your Game of Thrones previously on, right? Okay. And where if you want to skip that five minutes because you already know what's up, you know Max gives you that option. You can just skip and jump jump into the the uh, that week week's, week's yep. episode. Same with comics, you can just not read that and move on and and read the issue. So that that yeah. options there. Cool. Um. I often point back to '90s syndicated television, or your Simpsons, your Family Guy, your Friends, Seinfeld, whatever, where there is an overarching, ongoing mm-hmm, story mm-hmm. if you dive it in and watch it all. But when these television shows were at their their strongest on on TV, streaming wasn't a thing. Mm-hmm. Um, you you know you had that 7 p.m. time slot or 5 p.m. time slot, and that was it. And you might not have watched last week. Or this is, you know, on TNT and it's just streaming, a, a the, you know, all oh, of season five in one day, whatever. You have your commercial jumpers, mm-hmm. you know, I don't want to sit through this Ajax commercial. I'm going to jump in and, and oh, I'm seven minutes into this episode of, of Seinfeld or Friends or whatever. 90 syndicated writing, 80s, you know, your, your sitcoms, whatever, are so good at reinstating the status quo mm-hmm. in such an organic way yep. that you don't even realize as yep. the viewer that they just named all the characters mm-hmm. on the on the screen. They just reinstated what the relationship is. They just reset what the plot and status quo. I never, you know, you can watch any episode of House, any episode of Law & Order, any episode of CSI, and I think that's why these shows tend to be so popular is because they, you can pick up any single one and be able to enjoy it and you know not not really give a shit about yeah, yeah. about all 27 seasons of, of something. You can enjoy that single episodic thing. But if you're in it for the long haul, you can appreciate the yep. overarching story, the callbacks. The callbacks aren't necessary to the plot, but if you've if you've been there the whole time, you can understand them and appreciate them. And that type of writing is a skill and
0: the that- kind of no longer exists when a Netflix and the eight-hour Netflix thing is basically an eight-hour movie. That, there's a
2: lot of laziness. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of laziness and, and it's it, me as an editor, it's something I struggle all the time with with writers that I work with. Uh, and and even licensors. When I'm dealing with larger licensors, yeah. I'll be like, well, let's make sure we like name the characters on the page, or or reestablish. You know, I'm gonna name drop this thing from this episode of television 30 years ago, um, and if they're a fan, they'll know. And I'm like, right, but like we have to assume 97 percent of yeah. people aren't gonna remember that, right. and right. it's not. No one's asking you to. Recap an entire series of television. Just give me, hey Joey. But don't you
0: immediately re-... alienate people. Right? Exactly, yep. and
2: and it's and it's and it's easier to give context and organic dialogue than people think it is. It's just it takes effort and and thought and care. There is <laughs> there
1: is like such a sweet spot for that though because I remember when I was a kid reading old Spider-Man comic books and it's like,
2: oh, let me have a monologue I, of <laughs>
1: like every every single issue is like, good thing I have the proportional strength of a spider because, yep. <laughs> or or like. like like Claremont did a lot with X Men too. It's like, uh, do I know? Do, do I need to know that Storm is claustrophobic every single issue? Like it, it's, well, it's just it's, like reintroduced it, constantly.
2: It, it reminds me of when I read like uh, Boxcar Children as mm-hmm. as a kid. Uh, you know, uh, that was my first like chapter book mm-hmm. series, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. I always skipped chapter two or three depending <laughs> depending on on the book because chapter two was always. Let me tell you the story of how the Boxcar Children were the Boxcar and you're Children. Just like, I know about the Boxcar, and but- I was like, <laughs> I know they were found in a train boxcar. Skip to chapter three. Get on with the mystery um so you know it's that skip it, recap on
0: <laughs> but the, the, there's there, there's a real a, like a real it's a balance to doing it 100 percent 100 i want to take a side note and brag that i still remember when i was in third grade reading a boxcar children i solved the mystery on like the 15th page absolutely and i was just like i never i never read that stuff
2: that was it? me with series of unfortunate events when i i think i was a little too old when that book series mm-hmm. started came out because i read like the first couple and i was like all right i get it now i don't need to read these anymore <laughs>
0: It's funny about like series like that. Like my boss is like my boss. One of his favorite things in the world is Hitchhiker's Guide. He's like mm. just try to read the the first one. So you start reading the second one. You're like, I see what he's doing. It's just like yeah. the same kind of thing. But it's like there's something exciting about like the ooh, this is new, and you're like, oh, it's just like a formula. But when it's new, ooh, baby, yeah, Um, so let's talk about understanding comics. The Invisible Art. I, I want to say MacLeod. like
1: right right off the the top that Scott McCloud. Um, Were
0: you familiar with him before this?
1: He, well, I know I I knew this book. I okay. I, I haven't read Zot or anything like this, <laughs> that he did, um, but like as a teacher and uh, someone who went to grad school and shit, he's like dealing with really really intense like semiotics and and like uh, in, intense philosophical concepts in a way that. Like he is a really
0: good teacher. Your mm-hmm. Goodreads he, he, review was kind of humbling. He, he
1: breaks it down in like a very, very readable, like really like stuff that like I read papers in college, like Derrida or or Baudrillard or stuff like that. Where it's talking about like the same stuff that he's talking about, but in like language where you're just like, why would anybody write like this? And he's like so good at just breaking it down in, into component parts.
2: One of the thing, one of my favorite things very early, I, it's either chapter one or chapter two mm-hmm. where he, I think it's. I think it's chapter two when he gets into like iconography um, where he breaks down, you know, realism, art versus cartoons. Like why do we resonate with cartoons? Yeah. And it's because it's about delivering a complex message in a simplistic form mm-hmm. as sim- and breaking it down mm-hmm. into as simple as possible. So we can, you know, impose ourselves on it and, and um, obtain the information. And that's exactly what he's doing yeah. with, with this. Like it is, it is it, like, I'm so glad this book came out cuz I think this book really did help the conversation of comics are literature. Like comics are, are art. Like comics, like even even yes, a lot of the gritty superhero, you know, is a little bit too serious, but there are comics of that era of that time frame that like no, these are like really impressive. Yeah, I would, I would
1: never I yeah, I'd never I would never um, dismiss that like and as I said, like I'm a I I I'm like uh an Alan Moore guy. Like there's so many of those comics are so unbelievably brutal. Yep. But like there's something about like the seriousness and care that he takes to craft those stories that you read and you're just like, "Well, yeah, like this makes sense. It it's a little different. like th- that's different from like uh I guess I won't name any specific comics, but, <laughs> but 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 like there there are other comics from that era where it's just like, "Oh, this is like needlessly like" boyishly bloody and, well that's and like, that's
2: the and again later in this it's the surface right mm-hmm. it's the people who like oh people like v for vendetta because it was just like a bunch of killing and violence and yeah, watchmen because yeah. it's like because it, of that they're not understanding the you know the social commentary that mm-hmm. alan is actually exploring within within those stories they just saw ooh violence and dark so let's do that right also, like, like
0: people always learn the wrong lesson like yes. people see barbie making a billion dollars and like more movies about about toys. It's like, no, more (laughs) movies by women, about women for everybody. Or or like we also just...
1: did I? I don't whatever the timeline is, but we just did Fight Club. A ago, and yep. it's like Fight Club is is like the, you read that book, and, and yay,
2: toxic masculinity. Let's do more of that. Yeah,
1: but like like as, <laughs> as, as we talked about on the ep- on the episode, it was like it's actually like a gay fantasia mm-hmm. of like bondage and and like the mm-hmm. ways that like Aftercare is the, you know an important cycle of, of bonding and things like that. Is so like I don't know. It's it's very very complicated, but uh, yes, yeah, Scott McLeod is is I think. Uh, like an unbelievable teacher more, even more so than being a, a, a comics artist or writer. Like he is like, as it feels to me, like teaching is his, is his calling. I, is.
0: I think what's nice about this is that I was, I didn't, it's, I was subconscious till I like stopped to think about it, but like, he's teaching you about like the art form and the history and whatever. But he's also, as he's doing this, teaching you how to read the comic. Yeah, and yeah, like, for sure. And it's just like this thing, you're like, you're not even aware of the fact. Cause he like later talks about like, different ways you can lay out there's more on complex
2: as the book goes on there's way more complex but he's layouts, doing that yeah. as he's
0: going on and just like oh my god like he's it's it's he's teaching and he's also teaching below the te- t just like there's there's it's so impressive to see what he's doing it, here it
1: made sense of a uh uh moon knight panel that i always really liked from from warren ellis's run on moon knight where it's like moon knight is like throwing a guy down like a a flight of stairs and, and like the panel sort of shifts to diagonal. So so like you can like follow the gravity of him, of, of of the movement of the page. And uh, it was one of those things that I was really liked in a, in a very inarticulate way when I was watching or when I was reading this, I, I was like, Oh yeah, this is like, like he's using these, like just the tilt of a thing to, to give us an experience of something that like our brain is going to interpret that without necessarily making an intellectual connection. Right. But like, it's written, like obviously in order to decide to do that, you have to have the intellectual idea of how to like portray gravity and, and it's done like so, so artfully. And, and yeah, it's just, uh, I mean, I'm sure if you go through any book that is good, you're going to like come across all of those kinds of things.
2: Yeah. There's, there's, I mean, it- I could do a million comics modules for you guys. But like there's, you know, you you want to talk about like breaking form, like that in particular. You mm-hmm. know, we've seen examples of it done really well. We've seen examples of it, of it done very poorly. And and I just if if you're if you're someone who likes comics that break the form and really play with, you know, not just left-right page turning, you know, top, top, bottom reading, um, I I definitely recommend the dance slot, Mike all uh, silver surfer oh, like Run, the, the, silver surfer 11 yeah, where where the mobius strip, the mobius strip yeah. um the whole issue is done that way and it's it's and it was such a feat and i remember i was i was working at marvel at the time when they when they were did that one and and all the planning and everything to to pull that off um is really cool and there's yeah there's 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 a lot of really cool comics out there that that play with that form and, and really sick ending. landing. And there's a lot that do not. <laughs> well, that
0: reminds me also of when I don't know if you're familiar with John Boyce, who is a sports mm-hmm. writer and he creates stuff for SB Nation Secret Base. But when we did 17776 and like it just it's a lot of just it's it's a web. I don't even know how to describe We, we were like, how do we describe this? But like it's mostly like vertically reading. And then mm-hmm. all of a sudden one of the chapters, if you want to call it that, like goes left to right, you're like wait, hold on, what? what's Your brain on? is just broken. And yeah. it's like, oh yeah, you can do whatever you want. I also think what's cool about this is that, not that this, I don't think he's, I don't think he's setting up, like I don't think he has the kind of like ego about this, but to a certain extent, you'd be like, these are kind of the rules of comics. Mm-hmm. And then in the 30 years since then, people can like break that. Because like when I mentioned earlier, 8 Billion Genies, you're like, oh, you should check out Ryan Brown's other stuff. And so in here, they're like talking, he's talking about, you know, using words in place of sound effects. Mm-hmm. But then like what he does all the time, is just like, at things that like don't have a sound like he'll just write the word of like what you, like just I mean it, like, mm-hmm. it's bending and breaking the rules like it's like these are the established rules and like now that you know that I'm going to do a thing beyond that like that doesn't really that you're gonna you're gonna understand but no one's ever done that before like it's this weird kind of like what's
2: well, like jazz mm-hmm. right? it's it's a lot like jazz in order to be a really good jazz musician you have to understand you know, time signatures, you mm-hmm. have to understand all the various keys, you have to understand, you know, you really have to understand how music works in order to play with it in yeah. order to break the rules in order to, you know, be abstract, um, and ha and have it stick the landing. Um, you know, you can't do forced anatomy and, and exaggerated anatomy without actually understanding how the human form, right. you know, how a skeleton, uh, works. Yeah, so he's got
1: that great part in there where he's like, Talking about the kid that goes to like like they draw the something and he goes to the the pro uh, to, the, to the pro and the pro like yeah oh. but you don't understand like uh and that this, this, face and this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah and it's it, it's like brutal but it's also just like yeah it's it's also this idea of like incremental progress and like you have to keep
0: it's it's a real thing that you have to I keep. also thought that was like that section was like a little bit mean where just like and this is good for a lot of people just like they're never gonna... I'm just like I don't know man it feels no, but like a lot it's, of people it, like, look look
1: like, like I when I was a kid this like I wanted to draw comics and I, I was uh, like the kid that was good at art in my class and I kept drawing and then at some point I stopped getting better mm-hmm. and other people started passing me and it became very clear that it was something that I that I couldn't do and it like to pursue that would have been brutal because yeah. it would have just been a lifetime of being like i'm actually not good at this and so like there is a point where you have to have there, someone tell you that
2: there there is i i get what he was saying i do agree it is it is a harsh reality that a lot of people you know like it, it, you want to be a musician you mm-hmm. know um well not everyone's gonna be a top
0: 10 oh, billboard right. artist you can right? still work in music though but you can right.
2: and, and in comics there are you know what we call our workhorses and they're they might not ever get the todd McFarlane Todd McFarlane, Spider-Man number one Mm -hmm. launch. Um, But they're going to get steady work. Um, They just might not be the household name, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, and that's just the reality of any industry. Yeah,
0: for sure. Because it also feels like as he keeps like peeling back the layers of like, I want to call it the onion, but I think he uses an apple, apple. Yeah. Like when he gets back to like the first thing, just like, this is like once in a generation somebody's going to do this. It's just going to be like, I'm going to I'm so good at this that I'm going to like change the way everybody thinks about everything. She's like, whoa, that's yeah, that's that's not yeah. but like the two, three, four of the six kind of feels like the sort of sweet spot of like yeah no. where people are going to wind up. But I, what I was excited about, though, is I think early middle in here, he talks about the different kinds of ways you can go like panel to panel, like on action. What they, like, I don't remember the exact words, and I'm not going
2: Oh, remember. oh, there, there was uh, moment to moment, mm-hmm. action to action, um, scene to scene.
0: Um, keep hold. going, keep going. No, don't look it up. Don't look it up. Oh, <laughs> no, I just got it.
2: Uh, that's subject it. to subject, scene to scene, aspect to aspect, and non sequiturs. Um, yeah, that's one of my the, 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 his whole section in there about how comic artists are controlling your understanding Mm -hmm. of time, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, which if they do it really well, you don't even think about it, reading it. Right. Um, And that's what I love about, you know, again, film is very similar. If they're very good at what they do, you're not even realizing how they're manipulating um the way your brain is perceiving the story and um yeah the the panel breakdowns of the different different like the uh, transitions and yeah. yeah
0: and what i was excited about was that he he talks about like all these different like kinds of western comics like x men comics and like whatever like all these different like what feels like a broad spectrum of different things like all have like the same kind of ratio it's like mostly this a little bit of this and a little bit of this and then and then like, japanese comics yeah no i love that too and so <gasps> yeah. what i think is what what got me excited about that is that this module that we're doing is like mostly western stuff but like we're really kind of covering a pretty broad gamut of stuff that i'm excited to see like how this plays out if we notice it if we you know well, what it's I mean? also
1: when, when you say mostly western stuff it's like um we really i mean i really like only am even familiar with like japan and then like I, I guess some France, some French stuff, uh, and, then, uh, and then America. It's like, I have no... I, I have, And we've talked about this with literature. I have no idea what, idea what a Nigerian comic looks like. Mm-hmm. I have no idea what a, uh, uh, you know, uh, Saudi Arabian comic mm-hmm. looks like. I, I just don't. because I, I don't know if that's because uh, those aren't published here or because there's no, like, foothold for them in a pop culture way. But, like, I'm sure that, like... There are also like incredible insights, la- language differences, uh, like visual language differences. I mean, one of the things that was really interesting to me in in the beginning here, and something that's interesting to me of about uh, manga is uh, like. The movement on the page is different, right? Mm-hmm. He talks about like in uh, what is he? Is it Egypt? He's showing, and it goes in like a backward S form. Oh, the hier- like, hieroglyphics, yeah, like so, the, yeah you, where you, it
2: starts right to left, which I I had forgotten in, in mm-hmm. this book. Yeah, the hieroglyphics are right right to left yeah. and down, and yeah, the backwards, the backwards S. Yeah,
1: and and so like I I don't know if uh, when we read the Junji Ito book, uh, who's someone that I'm not familiar with at all. Um, but I know some manga is published like, right to left, yeah. th- which is like, I feel like even the process of trying to do that is like, would break my, mm-hmm. cause, <laughs> cause I'm like, so like, this is how you read a book. And I've been like, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's like that, that's a real, like learning how to, uh, I don't know, write a unicycle instead of a bicycle or something like that. It's,
0: it it feels like it would be a
1: completely different world to try to relearn.
0: Here's a question. It's not exactly that topic, but I want to get your take on this, that I, there are some of these that I own physically. There's some that my, I'm going to get from my library. And then there's some that I own the Kindle version of. And I know that we've talked about like the whole, like the way that comiXology and Amazon and whoever, like, you can go, like, panel by panel. Like, it's just, like, this is not, like, the way to... Like, it feels weird. And then there's... Like, the, you can just sort of read, like, on a big nice big iPad screen or whatever. Like, you can read, it like, nicely. But do you have thoughts on... Because I'm also curious about, like, the what you're talking about, the, the physical tactile of, like, reading right to left. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: As opposed to on the Kindle, it's just, like, swipe, swipe. Like, do you swipe right like there's to also, left? There's also
1: the, um, the guided The reading, guided view, which I hate.
0: That's, that's what I was trying to... That's what I couldn't think of it, before, it, but it yeah. It
1: seems, like, uh, anti-art in a very, in a very yes. serious way. Because yeah. I think, like... As as Scott McCloud talks about, like the layout of Mm -hmm. of like
2: a page. Well, that's I always say if you are going to read a story that's visual, mm -hmm. um, try your best to read it in the way that it was intended um and so if that is a right to left like there's a reason you know page mm-hmm. turns are are a very important thing mm-hmm. in comics and um when we're constructing a script and constructing layouts yep. of the books like you know what panel falls on that page turn what you're turning into um if done well is done intentionally and when you're just scrolling that yeah. completely takes that impact away from, from the, the reader. And same thing. Um, I, I have a, a, a friend, uh, that I work with a lot, Declan Shelby, who was the artist on that Moon Knight run that you, um, mentioned earlier, but, um, he did a digital first X-Men comic with Jonathan Hickman recently, where it was done in the vertical scrolling, like mm-hmm. webtoon style, um, but was going to be printed later. And Declan um, is a master at visual storytelling. His layouts are some of the most like cinematic cleanest. Like they're, they're just, it, he's a master class and, and his um, use of minimalism and his storytelling. Um, and he, Showed me his layouts before uh, they they came out, and he did this whole twenty page book in a way where it would work to be vertically scrolled mm-hmm. and be super cool that way, but would also work to That's be printed crazy. left to right. And it's just so he's doing twice the work
0: right.
2: for the it's, same paycheck. It really can be
0: more than twice the work, right? <laughs> Probably.
2: Um, and it was super super cool, but uh, yeah, it's it's a lot of work uh to to do something and have it be impactful in two completely different
0: formats because there is something exciting so i want to get i didn't actually ask the question i wanted to get your your takes on although i think i sort of have an answer but i do want to say i think what and again i've I've read fewer comics than both of you but i think to me what's exciting is that like when you turn the page and all of a sudden like it's a full page panel it's just like whoa okay cool like something big's happening but i do want to think like are you inherently for, against, or neutral to like just reading a comic on a Kindle?
2: I'm not against it. I think um But you'd rather have the I I personally am just archaic. In analog and every like mm. e- even when i'm doing script notes i have to print it out and and my brain just processes I'm information I have differently to, like, when
1: students write papers i have to print them so i, I can have write to print it when i
2: when i write i have to write mm. analog it just my brain processes that information faster that way sure. um and also i have very sensitive eyes and staring at the screen gives me migraines um but when it comes to i would say kindle reading i think If you can, and I and I don't know because I've never read a comic on a Kindle, um, if you can set it up where you're not scrolling and just have one page, then one page, then one page, I think that is, it's not ideal, um, but it is better. But it's better. You Mm -hmm. still get the controlled page turn effect where you can't. You're not accidentally scrolling to the next you know um, you can still have that impact of the oh my god this is a big moment
0: the only like downside i found to that and again limited reading is that like as opposed to like the single page the single page splash page like when you go in like there's like a double like Mm -hmm. you have to turn you turn the screen because of like again like it's very first world problem, but just like you know, you have a <laughs> vertical or whatever. And you're like, oh, I have no, to like, but, but also it, it lessens like, the impact. Kind like, of ex-
1: like that Silver Surfer comic would have been yeah. totally fucked on a, on it. A but King I don't even know, like, right? King. Like, right, he, well, yeah. they
2: they they did. Um, it was New Fifty Two, Greg Capullo, Scott Snyder. I think it was number eleven, issue eleven of Batman, and it's mm-hmm. the one where it spirals and like he's like you know, losing his mind or whatever. I remember, because that was very early on in the Guided View era of comicsology and Kindle Comics reading. This was like 2015 or something like that. And that comic broke that app yeah. because people were trying to turn it <laughs> to read, because it, it's literally the layouts like yeah. spiral and turn upside down. And now all of a sudden you're reading the rest of the comic upside down. It's really, really cool. effect that worked out, perfectly in the traditional Mm -hmm. printed but the app was like well you have it turned upside down and so it kept recorrecting it and no one could read this book uh that's yeah
0: that's That's pretty funny i mean knowing but also
1: yeah i do um you also you mentioned webtoons before i've never read any webtoons but and i don't know I, i don't remember what book this was but i had heard someone talk about a book where a character was falling and because of the advantage of of doing it on webtoons you could scroll and scroll, scroll, and, they're scroll fall and scroll and, fall and scroll and fall, and yeah. it, without breaking panel, without yep. the, any page break, and it's like there are going to—I mean, there are already—and there are going to be as like new technologies develop, artists that take advantage of those technologies and like evolve comics further. And like one of the one of the great things about Scott McCloud is like at no point in this book, at no point is he like this is the way it is. Mm-hmm. He's he's like this is. My take on it, people are going to disagree and things are going to evolve and we're going to be able to yep. rehab this conversation in five years, 10 years, 20 years, 30 years, like nothing is changing. Yep. Like these are some very, very basic principles that you can like take at face value or disagree with. But this is a big thing that's going to keep on evolving. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, I, I think that that's really like, uh, I don't know. I can't say enough nice things about this guy. No, this it's,
2: it's, it is a very, it's, it, it's an extremely educational look at what a comic is um, in his Webster Uh dictionary, you know, from page one um, definition. And it's very philosophical. um, And it really you know for anyone who's interested i think even if you're just like Pff, comics whatever i don't like i hate i hate colors and art <laughs> um and i just want to read my novels until i don't read words at all right as, mm-hmm. as, he, yeah, yeah. as he says but i think you know even even just reading this and then going back to your, your traditional novels mm-hmm. like it gives you a, a better appreciation for those even um you know and, and storytelling and and everything i think it's 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 just a really really cool book and nothing else quite like it exists yeah
0: it's also super exciting when it goes color you just like we got to like five pages where yeah. he talks about color yeah. like, toward the end you're like, hold on because like I remember when I first probably in college but also this time I just like was like flipping through I'm like oh yeah I remember this I'm like oh color and then it's like oh no, we're back, back back away but like it's <laughs> it's very exciting that like there's just like a little burst of
1: also it was exciting for me that I kind of looked like his drawing of himself when I was a teenager <laughs> Well, that's always nice.
2: You see, you wanted to be a comic artist, and in well, a I, way, and, and you
1: are. But th- there's like a real—I uh, mean, that's the, uh, uh, an icon thing, anyway, right? It's like you recognize yep. yourself. And yep. I thought, I, oh, panels. the
2: penguins. Yep, mm-hmm. yep.
1: Um, that's so the, why I recommended this book. Explain the penguins.
2: I'm obsessed with penguins. That's oh, all okay. you
1: need to know. All right. Yeah, they're good. They're if they're, you if you a read a,
2: pon- uh, a comic that I have worked on, I guarantee there's a penguin in it. Oh, it's kind of become a thing. Um, where people sneak penguins in to comics. I've even had people sneak penguins into comics that I have nothing to do with and like send it to me and be like, Look, Heather, I put a penguin in there. Um, so that's my superpower is getting people to put penguins in things. I think
1: that there is, I uh, I uh, this is so like my garbage brain isn't remembering, but I think I feel like there's a Marvel artist or writer that always puts corgis and things. Mm
2: -hmm. Yep, Uh, uh, Queen Elizabeth II. Uh Chelsea Kane puts okay, that corgis. Makes sense. Maybe writes corgis. Maybe was something that I considered
1: for the for the nice. um, Yeah yeah but she
2: module. she put corgis in her run of mockingbirds. That makes sense, yeah. Um that was a big big one.
0: Should we talk about the entire module you want to read Egg's email? You want is there more to talk about with oh, the book Oh, let's let's
1: do Egg's email cuz sometimes sometimes she uh, she knocks loose some rocks that we hadn't thought about.
0: So we have an email address lottery at cageclub.me. If you want to email in about this book, about any graphic novel, about any book that we've done or not done, just write in lottery at cageclub.me. Meg's reaction. Oh, and her, her display name is back to her maiden name. Come on, Meg, go with it. Anyway, Egg's reaction to understanding comics. This was a great book, Egg says. I think I actually read part of it in grad school, but I think reading it for pleasure rather than needing to mm-hmm. for school made me like and appreciate it much more. It's weird how
1: reading, academic, because I, I, I would call this an academic book. It's weird yes. how reading academic book on your own can be so
0: much like. But it's also like the most approachable academic book maybe that's ever been written.
1: Yeah, yeah, maybe.
0: Yeah. I think visually because I think he's just he's very approachable. He's just very mm-hmm. like. I often pictured it as a TED talk because he's always on yeah.
1: screen, like uh, or always on like, in panel, like walking. But he doesn't have legs, talking. so he can't. <laughs> or eyes. That's like kind of. But <laughs> he takes his glasses that, that's, off. Like, that's such an interesting decision to be like oh, these are like opaque white lenses. <laughs> yeah. All right. Continue. But it's
0: Sorry. I, I like his like. I'm not. I'm going to be an icon because then you can pretend that you're me or yeah. that you don't mm-hmm. like. Yeah, yeah, it's great. Scott McCloud's depth, egg rights of knowledge was very impressive, and I liked how everything was told through the lens of his opinion. But it wasn't that he was defensive of his opinion; it felt more like he was giving the readers permission to have their own opinions about comics, yeah. and he wasn't trying to say that he was a total expert on the subject.
1: This is the uh, uh, like um, teaching like one oh one of like being a good teacher is um, to not be a bully mm-hmm. and, and and to like you know. So it's essential that that it's essential to open up that space in which people can question or ask, you know, whatever.
2: I think, yeah, I think that's a key in in teaching and empowering and encouraging critical thinking is the like, this is my understanding. Mm -hmm. This is, you know, this is the information that I have researched. This is my understanding and my take of it. I'm giving it to you so that you can, you know, feel empowered to come up with your own understanding. Yeah.
0: I also liked how different the perception of comics is in 2023 than it was in 1993 when it was written. Part of the defense of comics as art felt a little much because I think comics are generally accepted as such now. Yeah, It's better.
2: It's better. It's definitely lifetimes better than, than it was in 93. And I think the internet has definitely helped with that, mm-hmm. for sure. The internet has helped with a lot of evolving discussions. Um, but you'll definitely still... Get your generational, you know, pushback.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like my my all time favorite tweet when that guy says uh,
0: number of times I've had fifty thousand dollars. <laughs> fifty <laughs> to no, seventy thousand. No, no,
2: fifty
1: thousand five
0: to
1: seven. Sorry, times. sorry,
0: you're right, you're right. you're No, right. he
1: says uh, he, uh, another guy, like a guy <laughs> so asks a guy, a guy says, like uh, you know, d- d- video games are art. Like he's saying very strongly, mm-hmm. def- video games are art. And this guy in response just says. Dead wrong, brother. Art is paintings. <laughs> Art is what? Paintings. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, yeah, that's... A, I mean, he's kidding. He's he, that, that joking.
0: But like, yeah, I, I, I love it. I love it. Amazing. All in all, Egg writes, I'm glad I read this novel because I think it will be useful as a lens to read the comics for this module.
1: I uh, Yeah, I think so, too. Um, I think so, too. That was the goal. Yeah. I had a, such a hard time, like... I mean, you get you gave us such a good like uh, layout for for what the module should be, and then I had such a hard time picking and and finding like what I wanted with it because one of the. Uh one of the things that I wanted in spite of in spite of what I said earlier about the glory of comics being all second act um, is I didn't want to do too many like volume one, volume two. I wanted like a completely told story mm-hmm. from start to finish.
2: You wanted more so graphic novels mm-hmm. necessarily rather than. Yeah. A series.
1: Yeah. And and like I think that, uh, you know, something like like Kingdom Come, um like brings a lot to. The t- to be honest, I like, the, the reason why I put Kingdom Come on there was because of uh, Alex Ross. Mm-hmm. I mean, I love I love Mark Wade. He's a great he's a great writer, but like Alex Ross is doing something that like in none of those other books. Like as far as or, like if you take if you take the Alex Ross art from Kingdom Come and then the Johnny Ryan art from Prison Pit and you put them next to each other, it's like a like a survey of like these are two like extremes of different things that we can do. So like that's that that's a really uh, interesting way to look at it for. For me, but... um
0: Well, I think that's, like, you know, know, was, I was difficult. thinking about that's something that we... That's going to be... That we haven't been able to explore on the show so far, but, like, we have. Like, we... Like, especially in the internet module, mm-hmm. there's so many different ways that, like, even though those are almost exclusively just words without pictures, you know, Amygdala is so radically different from live blog, which is so radically different from, like... Uh, Darcy's book, like everything, is just like you can still do it. Which I was thinking about, like, oh, it's something new to talk about. But, like, it's the same kind of thing we've been talking about. You know
1: what I thought about a lot when reading this book is um,
0: about understanding comics. Yeah, yeah.
1: Is uh, when we talked with Barry Yeager about Amygdala Tropolis, we also talked about Dennis Cooper, and Dennis Cooper has a novel that is entirely in GIFs. Mm-hmm. And so, like, if you go on, yeah, I, I like I is is that comics? I mean, it is like sequential moving in. Images. Those images are moving. I don't know if they would fit his definition. I, I, Dennis Cooper's traditionally a novelist, uh, usually just writes work. But like the, this idea of like a bunch of gifts to tell a story and it's like an abstract story. It would mm. be it would be what Scott McCloud like like the, the non sequitur thing would be off the charts on his on his charts of the different uh uh, kinds of I don't even know how to put that. I think
2: I think, it, I think it, it, it's that because gifs are, are moving because mm-hmm. they're you know that's it's, it's I hate hate these but it's it's animated comics is yeah. is like a thing. Um, but one of my favorite web comics out there, Dinosaur Comics by Ryan North, um, is a comic script that is the same three right drawn yeah. in Microsoft mm-hmm. Paint um really crappy dinosaur images that uh, every 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 single comic strip it's the same images over and over and over it's just the 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 writing's different every single time so i think there's there's you know there's a similarity in in yeah. that where um you're repurposing something for for the storytelling effect so um i don't yeah i don't know if i necessarily would call that a comic just yeah. because it is repurposing mm-hmm. oh, yeah. other, that's a good- you know, other art. but I don't know what I would call it.
1: Well, that's what like terrible, awful human being, Dave Sim, um, <laughs> like with, with glamour Puss and stuff like that. Like that's what he's doing too. Like he, yeah. he's like repurposing yeah. images from fashion magazines and stuff like that. And even, um, in, uh, the incredibly strange death of Alex Raymond. Is that the name of the thing? Um, Like he, like a lot of that is like repurposed image that he's redrawn or that he's done, but it's like,
2: but it's something that he's drawn. Like that's, that's the thing. The thing with gifts where Mm -hmm. there, there's almost like a public domain collage Mm -hmm. to that, but I don't know what you, what you would call it. Yeah.
1: It's very, and and then the Ryan North thing is a completely different thing in different hands yep. like a Ryan North can do that because Ryan North is a very talented in in like a very specific way if like uh you know it, it it's it's that it's that modern art thing where people are like I mean even it, I
2: too could put a bag it, of shit to the yeah, wall just, and call like it like art yeah it, it,
1: you couldn't like Ryan North can do that because he's Ryan North and other people can't because they're not and that's like that doesn't really have much to do with the barrier of what's comics and what's not, because obviously there are bad comics yeah. and good comics, but like that is only really acceptable when someone very talented well, is think, doing
0: yeah. it. I think what I was saying before about like the, what Ryan Brown did, I think you need to you need to establish either overtly or whatever that like you understand like what you're doing right. before you just like start breaking rules. Mm-hmm. Like if yeah. you're just breaking rules or break rules, it's like, what are you doing? But yeah. if you have established yourself as like, I'm gonna do things in a weird way, but like I know how to do them in a quote unquote normal way. Right. You know. I
2: know this will work because I know right. yeah. how the structure. Yeah. yeah.
0: Speaking of structure, you wanna run down these ten titles? We're right, gonna do it.
2: What a segue. Oh, you I'm
0: <laughs> gonna he's do a it? Pro. You want me to do it? You always do it. All right, I'll do it. This is what you do. I mean, this is a collaborative effort that you came up with a list of ten, Heather came up with a list of ten, you sort of combine them into some kind of <laughs> Yeah, I was split. like, No,
2: not these ones.
0: <laughs> okay, we have uh, Coyote Dog Girl by Lisa
1: Hanawalt, who is both author and artist. Um, I don't know much about... It's a Western. Um, I'm assuming it's uh, kind of post-modern Western because of what I know of Lisa Hanawalt, who was the, uh, did the character design and I think basic art design on... Uh, Bojack Horseman. Bojack Horseman, which is like a show that if you look at the design is i think heavily influential in what's going on in whatever is animated yeah. now like it, it's so it's such an interesting design like you can see the brush strokes of the watercolors and stuff like that in it um very beautiful and also singular um in that you would never you you can look at something directly and go oh that looks like this other thing Right. it's not like some uh um she's not doing an impression of anybody it feels more like people are doing impressions of her sure um but other than that i don't really know much about it i like very excited! I like Westerns. Are you a Western yeah. fan? Yeah, Western yeah,
0: yeah. Fan? Yeah, sure. Have you read this before, Heather?
2: I've not read that one before, but I've heard of it. Um, I am a fan of the artist.
1: Um, secondly, two. we have uh, The Private Eye by uh, Brian K. Vaughn, who is the author, and Marcos Martin and Munza Vincente, who are illustrators of that. Marcos um, Martin. Marcos Martin. Okay. This is, I will pronounce everything wrong as we go down. It's the, okay. The list, um, just an
2: American, <laughs>
1: <laughs> just a dumb American. Mar- 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 so Mar- Okay, I'm not going to guess it. One, one of, of my of
2: one my of my favorite uh, experiences with with other comics fans was when I went to England to visit some of my friends uh in person for the first time this was years ago um but they're big comics nerds Mm -hmm. and they you know it's hard for american artists always to to cross the pond and they were like okay how do i pronounce this a person's name and this person like they would just go down the list of comics creators
1: and it was you know
2: me just like this is how you say everyone's name
1: (laughs) I, uh, I, I once went out to eat with my friend Nick and his wife and children. And Nick is American, and Nick's wife and children uh, are uh, Nick's wife is Japanese, and then okay. Nick's kids are Japanese American. And we were talking about um, different movies, and my neighbor Totoro came up, and I said my neighbor Totoro, and they all laughed at me, mm-hmm. and I was like, "What? Like, why are you la-? like?" That's yeah, literally yeah, yeah. how everybody says, it. and they and they were like, "Oh no, 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 no! You are pronouncing that quite incorrectly," and they wanted me to say like. Totoro,
2: yeah, Totoro,
1: and I'm just like, I can't. i It sounds. It like it sounds racist when I do that. It sounds like I'm like doing. I'm going to talk.
2: about Totoro. <laughs> yeah,
1: ex- ex- exactly. So like, I thought, like, I don't know. It was really, really funny, but like at the same time, now every time I say my neighbor Totoro, I'm just like, I sounds so American. That's
2: that's whenever. Yeah, just an American's like, I want a croissant. <laughs> To write about, you know, it's write uh, about my memoir.
1: My, yeah, <laughs> my, 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 my father, who is a, um, a Just gross, uh, <laughs> like a French teaching guy. Like he would, he would get so annoyed at people's pronunciation of that. He's mm. also like kind of a pedantic dickhead. So, um,
0: have you read *The Private Eye*? I haven't. No, uh, uh I haven't read it. Um, but you but, like Vaughn, right, or no?
1: Yeah, I, I'm not. Uh, Brian uh, correct me if i'm wrong Brian K Vaughn is one of those guys that has like people live and die by yeah. by, by his stuff um and i i don't i don't i'm not i haven't read i've read paper girls which i which is great um i haven't read uh saga which is like the 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 big the, thing. The, the one right yeah. and i haven't read uh why the last man which is the Was <sighs> all him? Yeah. yeah. Wow. So he, yeah he's
0: one of the like one of the writers that is like man he has a track record of making tv shows that got killed prematurely huh I got I, I Well, he, so. he doesn't make the TV I know, shows. So, why got killed after one season? The paper girls got killed after one yeah. season. But who
1: he usually uh, is it uh, Fiona Staples? Is that who? Fiona Staples' saga? Saga. And then Pia.
2: Uh, Pia Guerra is, uh, is Why, the last, is why the last Man. And then Paper Girls is Cliff Chang.
1: Okay. So, he and, and he also like those are all artists that are like huge. Yeah. And, and, and. So I, you know, that stuff's on my list. I'll get to it. Mm-hmm. Comics is one of those things, like like novels, where it's like. You can you could read forever and still not get to all of the stuff that you. should read.
2: I, I will say, gearing back to earlier in our conversation about writing for the episode, the episodic mm-hmm. comic writing, and you know, setting your status quo and but leave, having a resolution, but still leaving the door open for more. Brian Vaughn is a master of that, and yeah. that you know, I I read Paper Girls month to month when it was coming out, and it, um, I would often compare it to Lost. Uh, Where Lost was. Now you're speaking my language. uh, Well, Lost would be like I'm watching this episode and it ends on like a what the fuck. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Right? Um, and then the next episode, they're just never going to talk about that what the fuck and that's never going to re- get resolved, which, by the way, makes Lost a very painful binging experience. Oh, yeah. I tried to do that binging and I couldn't make it through like season never, one because it was so bad. Um, but Brian K. Vaughn is the good version of that mm. where he understands episodic structure so well it's it like makes me mad mm. um at how good he is at the what the fuck cliffhangers um in a way where you're not confused but you have to know more um and you will come back for the next one he's so he's so good at that and i think his track record speaks to that yeah
1: um my experience with paper girls is reading that and this is not a fair comparison whatever it like reading that and thinking this is so much better than stranger things. Yes. And, and like, why is this? And they came out
2: at the same time, which, which did make that. Like this
1: should be what, like, like they should have just, instead of stranger things, I would rather have the paper girls adaptation and have that be the big cultural immense thing that like sort of embraces 80s, like, uh, aesthetics and, and et cetera, et cetera. So, um, but yeah, I, I, the, the private eye is, um, uh, a much more, much smaller and more yeah. self-contained thing that is like palatable for like, you can't, we can't do Saga cause Saga is um, still going
2: still going <laughs> yeah well, like, as a
1: Saga. What? Yeah. Like, uh, uh, it, it took like a, like a multi-year break. Right. They,
2: they they've taken breaks here and there. And, yeah. and, but this is again, what speaks to Brian came and Fiona Staple's track record. Uh, the, so if you don't know what Saga is, the, the log, the, the short version, the 32nd pitch is game of Thrones in space, uh, game of meets star wars um is is kind of the the shorthand version of that but um normally if a series takes a break mm-hmm. um, say i'm going to take a 6 month break and come back later in the direct market your fl- your floppy month to month sales like sales go down um you know if you end issue 10 selling 100,000 copies and when it comes back at issue 11 6 months later it's going to be at like 60,000 copies or something like that uh not with not with saga uh sales go up um, every single time. And it's this weird phenomena, um, in the comics and just publishing in general, Do people know
0: why, or is it just like,
2: it's because it's that good. And, and those breaks are allowing for people to, to catch get, up. to get right. caught yeah. up. Yeah. Um, walking dead had a very similar, similar thing that happened, um, when when it was uh, ongoing as well, where those breaks allowed for people to catch up because it, it was the thing.
1: I uh, I saw a Walking Dead trailer for a new TV show when I was at the movies last night. Do you guys know that Daryl is in France now? Yep. Mm-hmm. How did Daryl get to France?
0: Motorcycle, that guy, motorcycle, there, baby. Even if
1: there, even if there wasn't a zombie apocalypse, that guy would never go to France.
0: I know, I w-
1: France went to him. Oh, is that how?
0: Yeah. Is <laughs> that how <laughs> I will say while we're before we go into the next one, but talking about Lost and about like how they just like never answer questions and also comics. In like the first like four or five episodes of that show, the one kid who's on the plane crash is reading a comic book. Are we talking about Lost? Yeah. Okay. That details exactly what has happened to them. But it's in Spanish, so he doesn't know. He's just like reading the pictures, but it's like, there's like a polar bear here, and like, there's yeah. whatever, and just like, and that's how you know they're dead. Like, <laughs> and his dad's, his dad's like, What are you reading that trash <laughs> One Just throws in the fire, and yeah. it's never addressed again. Yeah. It's like, What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> what? All right. I mean, I, yeah. And that's, that's
2: the denial of their death.
0: Mm, they weren't dead the whole time. That's that's fine. I've never We're- seen it.
1: You guys just spoiled
0: Lost for me. <laughs> no, no, no. But you know, like, that, that's number one. That's first four or five episodes. But, like, the whole thing is like, people, when the ending came, People assumed they they thought they read the final season as they were dead the entire time. And people just like and like even the creators come out and be like, it's not the case. Um, Anyway, we'll get there eventually. Maybe.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Number three is No Longer Human by Junji Ito. Um, I own one of his way books. to
2: say that like an American I'm not gonna yeah
0: I,
1: I, I, could really, I could really lean into it but it would just I, it, it would in my heart feel wrong um, I own one of his books I don't remember what which one it is it's not this one though I uh, don't know anything about him other than that he writes stuff that is supposed to be pretty scary Sweet.
2: It's he is. Um, I if you're someone who's interested in getting into manga, but you don't want to start something like One Piece that has been going on for centuries, it feels yeah. like. Um, I and and you're a fan of horror. I often point people to Junji Ito because a lot of times they're anthologies. They're you know they're shorter, self-contained. Um, his ink work is just out of this world mm. and incredible. Um, but they are, you know, um, pretty extreme and even in the sense of Japanese art of, you know, grotesque horror, um, that can be extremely unsettling. Is it, so it's like body
1: horror. Like
2: there's a lot of that. Okay. Um, in in his stories, I can't remember specifically this collection. Mm-hmm. um, but uh, they they can his art can be pretty like it's it's like the car crash stuff right where it's like this is so unsettling I don't want to look at this but I also cannot stop looking yeah, at yeah. this it is so unsettling um, so I I quite I quite like that stuff but okay. <laughs> it might not be everyone's cup of tea um, well I
1: I have I'm not like wild about violence too much but um, I definitely
2: want to say he airs on violence it's definitely yeah more that like body horror like, okay.
1: All right, it'll I be suck. a nice it'll it, that, that'll be a nice juxtaposition with uh, a prison pit later on, which is like this incredibly violent, transgressive, uh, sort of gross thing. Um, but yeah, so so that and also we put that on there because manga. Th- yeah, there's the importance of 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 manga as a contributing factor to mm-hmm. to the popular. I mean, if you go into a Barnes and Noble now, the manga section is lar- it's huge. It's it's as big as the fiction section yep. in some places, yep. which is like. I don't I don't know what stranglehold why Japan has a particular stranglehold on American culture um, that's worth investigating a in, lot of in, weeds in in interesting in, um, yeah I don't I do, do you have, do you know why like do, why Japan as, as far as like allowing other comics into our culture.
2: Um, I think.
1: Wait, that sounded maybe gross the way that I said that. Like allowing. I understand understand what you mean. Our culture, like, fuck. Well, you know. Actually,
2: no. Actually, we've spoken this a little bit um, before, where America has no problem with violence Mm -hmm. and no problem Mm -hmm, whatsoever mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm, with mm -hmm. introducing children to violence and murder, and Mm -hmm. and um, that's not a critique. That's just our culture. Yeah, Yeah. Whereas you know, when it comes to anything revolving sexuality, we tend to be a lot more prudish. Um, and that's a lot of European comics. Oh, okay. Um, they're they're a lot more comfortable with, you know, um showing sexual content or nudity and and, you know, across the board. And also, um, European comics tend to be um structured in a way where they're not as mainstream, I think in their mm-hmm. storytelling, you know, there's not your classic like hero's journey. You know, it's a lot more slice of life, chill, yeah, um, type stuff, which I just don't think grasps the attention. Of the Sounds American
0: audience, very French.
1: Well, there's, um, I mean, there's something that that McLeod talks about with Japanese stuff, where it's like it's like you can actually use these panels to just take your time and expand on the world because you know that there's going to be one thousand right. issues of it.
2: Well, and and there's that, but then also Japanese like action, mm-hmm. um, is just insane. Like truly, it's just insane and in your face and manga. Um, comes out a lot faster than American oh, comics. It does. Okay. Yes. And there's a lot more to consume. It really, I think now why it's hitting in publishing in particular is because of, we like to binge as, yeah. as a okay. culture. All right. makes and sense too. so, you know, I read, I read the first four volumes of saga and I don't want to wait a year for the mm-hmm. next one. So I'm going to go read the hundred volumes of one piece that are out there. I'm going to read the yeah. hundred volumes of dragon Ball Z. am going to read the hundred volumes of this other, you know, like there's so many and they don't stop and they're all like hundreds of pages each. So there's a lot to consume. That's, that's already there. Yeah. And, uh, so I think there's, there's those competing factors, um, in 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 that, uh, so it, it has the like you know in your face action, extreme over the top, you know that captures the attention and and um, tantalizes the senses.
1: It also feel it does feel like there's often a corresponding adaptation that yes. you that you can also engage in, like you can read a thousand. Issues of Dragon Ball Z, and then you can watch, watch it. five thousand hours of yeah. it. Where and, and it's interesting because like I uh, know only a little bit about this, and I didn't. I've, I've, you know, I, I love Akira, and I like, like, I watch Ninja Scroll, and I watch Trigon. But up. you're but it's not, like, but I'm, I'm, I, don't like have like a, a vast not, but like Dragon Ball was on TV after school, yeah. and I remember like uh, not getting into it specifically because I, I would watch a couple episodes in a row after school and it would be like this motherfucker is still standing on the mountaintop and they even, they, like they haven't even started fighting yet yeah. like
0: get there yeah and it's just like such a different type of storytelling yeah, yeah you love that infinite jest when they stand on a mountain for hundreds well, I, of pages i i,
1: I love I, I mean i like i i you know that i'm like a devotee to like Slow moving cinema. But yeah, no, I, I like get what that. you're talking about. Um, well, that's also the thing. We're just like this is, but never but not when end. it's
2: animated. Not when I, mean, not, <laughs> not,
1: not, not when I was 14. Yeah. You know, right. that's a, that's a different thing. All, yeah, but I think
2: I think manga in particular has this level of extremism that we just you know don't get. In America, my students always I, like, like when
1: I when I taught college. My students always really liked it, yep. and and my favorite thing to do to them was to say, "Oh, Death Note." Yeah, I really like the Netflix movie, and they <laughs> and and they would get so that you, you could watch them like start to tweet, like veins start pulsing on the side of their head, and they're just like, "Yeah, I don't know." Superman,
2: I, know. I really like when Nicolas Cage was
0: him. Me too. <laughs> What's next? Number four. Uh, number four is uh,
1: the Seeds by. And Nocenti and David Aja, is that aha? Aha, right? South American, right? Uh, Spain. Spain. I thought he was Argentinian. No. Nope. Okay. I don't know why I thought he was
0: Argentinian. Is there a Steely Dan album called Aha?
1: Yeah, but that's pronounced Asia.
0: Is it really? I think so. Yeah. We love the Dan in this house. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, ha- I haven't read. I haven't read this. Have you read any of these ten? Because I have not. Um, yeah, I have. Um, oh yeah, there's there's a, uh, there's at least two. Yeah,
2: Understanding Comics.
0: Well, that's the the, that's 11, yeah. um, This one goes to eleven. <laughs> I have not. I have not
1: read any uh, Ann Um I love uh, the work of David Aha.
2: David, uh, I I'm very biased to David. I, I I've worked with him yeah. a ton, um, and he's again one of those artists that's just next level with his understanding of of graphic visual storytelling and and the use of minimalism in his pages and his art is very stylistic um and and graphic design like um if you don't know who he is um but you're a fan of the mcu um if you've watched the hawkeye show mm-hmm. um his run on hawkeye uh is particularly what inspired Sweet. Um, that show and the opening Incredible. credits and everything yeah. like if if you know even if you're not a superhero person um, but you like good art I definitely recommend picking up the Matt Fraction David Aja uh, run of Hawkeye it is um, one of the best comic series it's pretty short it's pretty consumable um, there is an entire issue that's told from the perspective of a dog um, it's love a it. great issue and, and if
1: you p- love it you can I, I I think there's the Jeff Lemire in between but you can ri- yes. ride that right into the Kelly Thompson yes. stuff which is also awesome. So very very good, um, and he did uh, a bunch of really good covers for Scarlet Witch. Yes. Is that accurate? Yeah, yep. he's yeah he's unbelievable.
2: He's, he's super good. He's done a couple good covers for Star Trek for me. Oh so okay, there you go.
1: Cool, 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 cool.
2: And anno O'Senti um, did an excellent run on Catwoman. Mm-hmm. Um,
1: yeah, I don't know much about. She's been around for a very long time. She's right? been around um, for a very long what, time. T- tell me about her a little bit. I, I don't know much.
2: Uh, she was an editor. Um, I think in the eighties, eighties, nineties. Um, and yeah, she. Uh, she just happens with women gets gets pinned on. Well, you're a woman, so you get to write the girl characters. And she's right. really pushed against that, and you know, does some really dark, um, stuff. The seeds is a, is a great story, and I'm very excited to hear what you guys have to say. About it. I,
1: I I wanted that specifically because um, like a module that I have been putting off for a while, but have been like slowly building in my mind is eco-criticism this this idea because it's like increasingly important in a uh, more and more climate ravaged world that we consider you know fiction helps us to to consider all these things from different angles and there's lots of great fiction um that is specifically like to to which the lens that it it is most suited is Mm eco-criticism um and uh i wanted to Include that not only because of my my uh, previous love of David Aha's work, but also, um, yeah, I just thought I, I I I wanted to like consume that kind of story. Cool. Um, do you, I are, do you know this? Have you read this one?
2: Um, I haven't finished it. Okay, um, but I've read the first like good chunk of okay. it yeah
1: all right cool yeah um i'm looking forward to that one yeah
2: I'll, i mean i'll just david david's work is just it's so good it's just a treat for the eyes so
1: next is uh bitter root by david f walker uh chuck brown and sanford green um who i know from power man and iron fist is, yep. that, is that correct yeah okay i don't know much else about this story i know that it was so, something that people talked a lot about when it was uh coming out um and and uh tell us tell us more about it
2: i worked on this one okay uh
1: <laughs> so i didn't know that i didn't i i, yeah. did, I, I didn't i didn't know oh, that when i that put you it the thing yeah well i it was it was part of the, like the w- when we were talking about it because we wanted to create a uh space that wasn't um uh all white en- entirely white and yeah. enti- entire like you know and it's still a little male heavy and it's still a little white heavy because that's unfortunately um
2: Western culture. We can just in say Western that. Western culture. Yeah, <laughs> I, I was going to be
1: a little more. I was going to be a little more self-critical on that. Uh, uh, it being that like my tastes are demographically akin to the things. that Wait, I grew wait, up wait, like wait. In, a
2: four-year-old white guy who's I, but, just only look, interested the, in. Forty year old white guy things, what? Well,
1: well trod ground on this show is what? my is, is is my self uh my self evisceration over these tastes. Um but also also that's the thesis statement of Tub Talk too. What also what this is uh uh and and has been has hopefully been like an attempt to uh thread that taste through like conscious effort to like adjust that taste and move and move past the shreds and and beyond it and uh evolve as a human being um so uh tell us about bitter roots
2: yeah so bitter roots um is a story uh that takes place in 1920s harlem a family of monster hunters um and the monsters that they hunt uh are basically like rage-induced. So um, the angrier you are, the bigger, the badder, the beast you become. Um, and I'll just tease the first issue. We do take down uh, a, a, some KKK members. So just okay. to give you an idea of of where it goes. Um, and uh, the the big crux of the first arc, which I don't know how much you guys are reading, We're if really you're do doing the whole, the whole thing. The whole thing. Um, but Fuck the big it. crux we'll is, is one of their own... Um, becomes one of these monsters, and mm-hmm. it's it's do we do we have to take them down, or or can we, you know, basically um, rehabilitate them?
1: Okay, so it, yeah, I can I can see like a very specific modern lens through yes. which to through which to absorb and, and yes,
2: exactly. I th- I think you know there's a way to just read this and be like, oh, it's like monster hunting and yeah, like yeah. crazy horror, you know, whatever. Um. But there's a lot of social commentary to so that, be said I, I about a lot of this. I think that is the best.
1: Um, like, I'm not. I'm. I'm not like a particular fan of agitprop as such. Like the best kind of art is is like does both, mm-hmm. right? Is, is is like, hey, here's a story, that and we can just take just take and surface we're gonna Trojan level, yeah. horse in this idea that you can then like. Um, uh, a, a lot because like fiction as or, i mean I think Roger would said it about movies, but he called it an empathy machine right so um like fiction can do that it can it can invoke empathy, but like once it becomes uh speechifying um I, can, I I'm actually on board with quite a bit of speechifying but um like I think that turns off an audience that otherwise is receptive to mm-hmm. good storytelling. so good storytelling can then like help people to come toward issues that they maybe could have felt distant from before. Um, I'm imagining just based on my, my personal politics that I'll probably be sympathetic with the, <laughs> with the issues in, in, in this, in this, uh, uh, story, uh, 40 year old white dudeness aside, But yeah, so that makes me, I, I mean, every time I hear about that sort of, uh, that sort of thing like, oh, it's mon- it's monster hunting, but there's, but you, really here's what it is, is um like, I feel like that's the way to do it if you're, if you're going to do it.
0: I will also say logistically, this is one of the, I think two titles that we're doing that does not seem to be all collected into one thing. Like there's like three shorter volumes uh-huh. you have to get. But
2: there's a hardcover. There's a hardcover? There is a hardcover. Okay. Um, it just came out though. So I don't know if like, oh, your okay. library will have cool. it, okay. but they Good do have Good it.
0: Good to know. Is it,
1: is it like
2: $70? I think it's like 60 bucks. Yeah. yeah. It's one of those.
1: That's fine. That's the way. That's the way my, it my library. But it's very nice. It's i sure. very I'm lovely. sure my Although, yeah. has I, a three although
2: I will say, um, the single issues, if you can get your hands on a copy, John Jennings, who is um, a comics writer of, of his own right, um, but he also is a wonderful essayist. Um, every single. Uh, of the single issues contains an essay or interview in the back by John Jennings about, um, black culture, um, which is, you know, in comics or and they're not in the collections. They're not in, not all of them are in the collections. Mm -hmm. Some of them made it to the collections, but not all of them. made it.
1: Sometimes in a lot of books, um, like I remember thinking this about, uh, like maybe bitch planet specifically, Mm -hmm. like sometimes the back matter is like, like just as cool. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, And, and, and then sometimes that stuff gets dropped when you put it into larger collections, which is a real shame. But then of course, like you get the 20th anniversary deluxe album which has it all you know, on <laughs> like, it. like you have you can then throw everything on it together and it becomes this bigger bigger thing that's really cool so you know maybe there maybe one day there will be a, a mega collection that yeah. has everything that you could possibly want or
2: just raid my personal collection
1: that's you
0: know yeah it's very impressive um next is this
1: one summer by Mariko Tamaki and Jillian Tamaki and you did a little like hard gesture. I love gesture. this book
2: so much.
1: Um, I don't. I, I know Mariko Tamaki from She-Hulk. Uh, this is. Uh, does does. Am I right in that this sort of uh, uh, borders on young adult? Or,
2: yes. Um, yes. This is definitely. I think it's been a minute since I've read this, but I think the protagonists are in the like twelve to fourteen. Okay. Um, range, but it is very much. That more slice of life, kind mm-hmm. of European esque style of comics, where it's one color comics um, yeah. throughout. And there's not really your classic narrative structure. You're just kind of along for the ride with these two girls' journey through this one summer. Mm-hmm. Um, but it it is, uh, I'm, I'm very curious what your guys' take as, you know, 30, 40 year well, old, uh, just uh, white dudes, because it's very yeah, much yeah. about. A, a, you know preteen, mm-hmm. um young teen girls experience yeah. and and feelings and that like puberty time. So I'm I'm very curious to see what your well, guys' take on this we is. We talked
1: about um when we were putting the module together. You you had mentioned specifically like there is a segment of the population, uh, like the YA segment, which is like immense. And yes. to and to not include one of those would be almost a disservice to the idea of, like, a, co- a large, and that, like, grouping and, together. And of, that
2: was my big thing yeah, with yeah. this module was, you know, I think the general public, especially if you don't read comics at all, you have a very, understandably so, myopic lens of what comics are, especially yeah. with, you know, what the MCU is today, the DC, you know, we all just think, well, that's comics. Um, but if you
0: truly want to understanding comics
2: right <laughs> you've been waiting for that mm-hmm. um but you know to throw in you know european comics manga um graphic novels yeah. you know superhero stuff ya really show the full scope of what graphic storytelling can be mm-hmm. then you need to for include sure. yeah um, these sorts of things
1: i will say and i mean no uh no shade about this this is a a a I'm gonna call it a compliment. You're not gonna take it as a compliment, Joey. But um, I don't think Joey will have any problem because Joey has the musical taste of a preteen girl. I do, so (laughs) I I think he's already kind of in that. He's really stoked. Yeah, I think he's like already. um, And
0: I, uh, uh, you know, um, wait. You see, you're you're giving you're saying that as a compliment. (laughs) <laughs> well, uh, let me. Like, I'm not offended by it, but that's not a compliment. No, it is. It is kind of because he,
1: like, um, and and
2: preteen girls have the best taste in music. I think is what you're trying to say. What
1: I'm, what what, <laughs> I'm, what I'm, what I'm trying to say, which is like a very staunch political as he point. Rapidly is backpedals. That, no, no, there, there is no <laughs> more. Out of my house. There is no that that there is no more wrongly attacked taste mm-hmm. than, than a pre-teen that girl. of the preteen yep. 100%. girl. It is, it is. It is a thing that we use as an insult. All it, it's yep. like how punk me like fucking hated Britney Spears yep. and then like adult me is like eh, toxic is like really it's good. a banger yeah <laughs> <laughs> um, but like you know you have to you have to like uh, same thing like uh you know I grew up with like Michael Jackson and shit but like there was a point where I started rejecting that music and then like I matured back into liking yep. bubblegum pop which is very like a very strange arc but I'm saying th- th- this is why it's complimentary Joey yes. is or Joey never left that space and he never entered into that like no, toxic a,
2: a no
0: 100% I, I you know, just it feels think, more
1: damning than it I,
2: <laughs> I just think that you know for me when I read this one summer mm-hmm. it 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 was a very I very much could relate to the experience that sure. these two girls were having mm-hmm. as friends being like 12 and 14 years old. And I'd be very curious to know if the male experience, you know, if there's something relatable to what they were going through in that.
1: Yeah, I will say something that I love. Um, I, uh, I I have like a very broad um, taste insofar as like when when reading, the content is doesn't have to be relatable to me at all for me Mm -hmm. to enjoy that content. And I am very interested in things like narrative structure and I'm very, and and, and this is like a recurring theme. I'm very interested in like the non structure. Mm -hmm. Like I'm, I'm interested in the slice of life. I'm interested in, Mm -hmm. uh, non endings, tension tension building and not being released. I'm interested Mm -hmm. in non endings. I'm interested in knowing, uh, partially because when we read
2: so you like people fucking with the system is what i what i'm well, hearing kind of, yeah, <laughs> I,
0: I, I, yeah i like i like a uh no but i think i think what what shreds is saying and the same thing that, like in terms of i would rather have something new yeah. and different than something mm-hmm. that like i relate to but i've seen a thousand times or no, read for a for sure times.
2: no for sure for sure I, w- I would say of all the things on this list i think this one is And not that it's not narratively satisfying. I I think it really is. It definitely is. I think it's just the, it is the most slice of life, you know, kind of along for the ride. You know, um, I think a lot of people who are used to traditional closed loop storytelling might read this and be like, what did I just read? Right. What happened? Yeah. You know, um, when, you know, really, I think a lot happened, but depends on if you want to dig that
1: deep. Yeah. And it's, it'll be interesting to, to, um, Read that subtlety after, you know, monster hunting Mm -hmm. Um, and this sort of like big social statement of uh, of Bitter Root. Number seven. Number seven, uh, a book I know very little about. Asterios Polyp by David... Mazzucchelli. Yeah, Mazzucchelli. <laughs> um, I the reason so the, the reason why I I uh, put Just this like, on I here know. was because in in reading about comics broadly, um, I saw it compared to to Thomas Pynchon, and I like the idea of a an author we have not yet covered, right? But it's it's a, like uh, like a complexly structured, multi layered difficult thing that is like, like, uh, uh, I think often we, we think of, uh, or a flawed term for it in novels is a systems novel, which is the novel that, um, investigates the large, a real guile, small way. It, it, it can be, it's like a hard thing to describe, but so, so I don't know anything about this book
0: except for the covers very really cool.
1: Yes. And, 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 and I, uh, I'm pretty sure that it's European. Sweet,
2: it is. It's very long. Mm-hmm. How long is it? Uh, for a comic, it's almost uh, it's it's 350 pages, which for a graphic novel is okay. is very long. You know, for yeah, a novel, yeah. that's whatever, but for a graphic novel, that's you know that's right. that's yeah. that's long for sure. Um, but yeah, it's 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 so. Oh,
1: it's not even close to being the longest though, which is. Well, well, it's Prison Pit, but Prison Pit is long in a different,
0: in a different Yeah, way. yeah and also the manga is pretty long. But so these first seven, you have not read any of these, but the next three, the last three you have read.
1: The last three I've, I've, uh, no, I haven't read the Walt Simonson. Oh. Um, Kingdom Come is mm-hmm. next, uh, by Mark Wade and Alex Ross.
0: My man, Superman. Well, yeah. What is there to say about Kingdom Come? It's, it's, a. I don't know. We're going to find that in, uh, on February 8th. I will
2: say I, Kingdom Come is the comic that made me get what superhero comics could be Um, beyond just like punching Mm -hmm. and shit. Mm -hmm. Um, Why? I, without, I don't want to spoil. I don't want to get too much into it for, um, for people who, who haven't read it. And Mm -hmm. especially for people too, who, you know, haven't read superhero comics or are only familiar with, you know, the bow Pam, bam with, you know, um, superhero comics. And there is no one writes Superman like Mark Wade does. Mark Wade understands who Superman is on such a quintessential level. Um, and there is a moment in this book and this story where the responsibility of what it means to be superman the responsibility of what it means to be a hero the Mm. responsibility of what it means to to be a god Mm. for all intents and purposes um is on display and there's there's going back to the importance of page turn and the impact of a page Mm -hmm. turn and Mm -hmm. seeing seeing an uh an image there is one particular page turn um that made me cry, like, you know, going into and just the full impact of which to, of ha- that which to have mimic. that
1: to have that emotional reaction to like Superman, which is like, uh, watch what you say. <laughs> that, well, it's, it's, it's weird because there's this balance between like Superman character. Everyone's known for forever mm-hmm. uh, character that that like probably many people have emotional reactions to versus Superman, who is like a, such an icon that it's hard to have an emotional mm-hmm. reaction to because he's so. Ever present and is an icon rather than a person that you feel empathy for. Um, Superman is, I think, uh, I I think the 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 like word on him is that he's kind of like notoriously hard to write Mm -hmm. because it's like how do we find problems for this guy? Who so like you end up with uh, that? But but the best Superman stories and we had talked because we we didn't want to overload it with superhero stuff. But the other one that you mentioned was All Star Superman. All
2: Star Superman, which
1: is does like a very similar thing as far as like. And emotionality. Um, I lost my, I lost my thread. Number nine. <laughs> no, no. Well, I, I, and we talked a little bit about Alex Ross's art earlier, but mm-hmm. that's, that's got something to do with it. In 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 so far as like creating Scott McCloud talks a little bit about, um, Superheroes as new mythology and things like that, and that's something that we've talked about uh, culturally for a while, especially mm-hmm. with the movies and things like that. How these are our Zeus and, and yeah, whatever, yeah, yeah. Uh, and you. There are few. Artist that that like you feel that like icon no. status as much as Alex. and
2: Ross. I would say the other it, it was Frank quietly all mm-hmm. starts to yeah, yeah. Who, He's the other one. He's mm-hmm. the other one who who is able to do it um, in, in a
1: radically different
0: way. In a from, very different yeah. way,
2: their art styles are extremely different. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But they're able to capture this level of awe and and like larger than life and in a very humbling way Mm -hmm. rather than um superfluous
1: yeah yeah it's beautiful sweet okay next moving away from beauty into the depths of
0: into the beast um
1: is prison pit by johnny ryan um johnny ryan is a independent comics guy like comics with an x That, (laughs) that that kind of guy he was also uh i think I should have looked this up to be more certain about it. Maybe like the creative director for Looney Tunes for a while. Really? Which feels like a completely different world. Yeah, let's let's pause for a second. Look that up to make sure I didn't just say something very stupid. But he had some there there was some Looney Tunes thing that he was Looney Tunes.
0: Blackie Yuccarella. No, he was a story editor for Looney Tunes cartoons. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, which is which feels completely like
2: he also so, created pig, goat, banana, cricket. So this is funny. So <laughs> the end. of...
0: So here, yeah, he should read that. Okay. So he, this is this is it. Just is very funny the way that Wiki. He also created pig, goat, banana, cricket. A TV <laughs> show made jointly with Dave Cooper that Nickelodeon picked up. So it's like cool kid stuff. Story editor for Looney Tunes cartoons. Cool. In the next sentence, in a throwback to the days of underground comics with the X. Ryan's oeuvre is generally an attempt to be as shocking and politically yeah. incorrect as possible. It's like, kid ah, stuff, white kid
2: guys. Stuff,
1: subversion.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it is, I, it is, uh, prison pit is, is
1: brutal. Yeah. It's, it's, it's like a not like, it's violent. It's sexually violent. It is, uh, there's, I think, very, very little dialogue. It's almost all brutal violence. Yeah. Uh, and so,
0: why include that on, on this? Uh, because then I could ask my parents for it for Christmas. So they could buy it for <laughs> me and they have no idea what they're buying for me. Yes, that happened. Because um, this is the one you told me to read about, like, even, like, yeah, not yeah. Even for the podcast, but just, like, in general. Yeah, just, I,
1: like, I don't, for all of that criticism, that, that what, what I just said is not criticism. Um, like, I genuinely like Prison Pit. And, um, like, part of the reason why I want to talk about it is I want to talk about it in an in an academic way to something that I have such a visceral repulsion to looking at directly. Mm. Um, And yet it's, it's compelling. And also like, he is uh, like a,
2: uh, he's a great cartoonist. Yeah. Like, despite like whether or not you like the images that mm -hmm. he's depicting, like he's a great cartoonist. Yeah.
1: And he, uh, I don't know. Did you watch funny pages? Yeah.
0: Oh yeah.
1: So his art is um, like throughout that. Um, Cool. You didn't like Funny Pages? No,
0: I thought that was a miserable movie (laughs) to get through. (laughs) It was miserable. Yeah. You know about that movie? Oh, yeah. Like, I I didn't hate the movie. I'm just like, oh, you don't want people to enjoy this at all. You just want to have like this very like gnarly. It's like, sir,
1: you are the son of Kevin Klein and Phoebe Cates. What is so miserable? Why are you writing such a miserable thing? Write about how wonderful your parents are.
0: Although <laughs> nepo babies, um, no, no one has it harder than a Nepo baby. I think, no. <laughs> so Jack Quaid sure is though. Meg Ryan's kid, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Meg Ryan and Demp There was a thing that came out yesterday, just like he has a very the scene in What Harry met Sally. He's just like I have a very specific like weirdness about that scene, like seeing his mom yeah. like act out an orgasm sure. on screen or whatever. But just like you know, why is right, right, Okay, then
2: don't watch that. it.
0: Yeah, I don't know, man.
1: I never, I don't think I've ever seen anything that like Jack Quaid is in. The boys? No. The boys. Lower
0: decks. Scream Six. I haven't seen it. Scream Five. Oh yeah, he's the Oppenheimer. Uh, he's in. Don't don't. He's, in, he's
2: an Oppenheimer. Yeah.
0: Every male actor in Hollywood is an Oppenheimer. <sighs> he just saw Oppenheimer yeah, last true. night. Yeah, last night. <laughs>
2: he's an Oppenheimer. Yeah. Um
0: Okay. He, he
2: plays the drums.
0: Oh, okay. He's the bongo he's guy. Yeah. Guy okay. Yeah. Yeah. You All almost right. spoiled the thing. He, ha- he
2: has a striped shirt on.
0: You
1: remember a lot about Jack Quaid being in Oppenheimer. Yeah. Okay. She's a Quaid. Are you, are you a Jack? Are you a Quaid in America?
2: Uh, I mean, I I love Boimler on Lower Decks. So, okay. You know, I'm a Star Trek person. I'm not
1: a Star Trek person. I've never I've never been able to get into Star Trek because because you're not a nerd. No, it's because the the original series. So Egg will be very upset because Egg is like the Star Trek like, um. The original series, I watched those episodes, and I'm just like, these people have no fucking idea how to make a TV show. Like, and I know it's the '60s, but like, there are scenes where it's like the conversation ends, and they'll just like be looking at each other for like 30 seconds. I'm just like, just cut, cut right there. We don't need all this stuff. It's
0: so boring. It's so boring. I tried to watch Bananas or Bananza for Bananas with Bananza, and I got like halfway into one episode, I'm just like, yeah, I can't do this. Like, there's, it's just, it's so like, it's the same medium, but it's just like no I like
1: Wrath of Khan but that's what everybody likes right everybody likes Wrath of Khan what should I what should I do what should if if, if I what's what, what's my intro point point? and Meg will be very angry at me if I take your advice when she's been telling me to like watch certain specific <laughs> things so maybe we'll just include this to annoy her but um, where do we start
2: I okay I would say if you want something that's totally different from everything um, else you've watched track i would say start with lower decks
1: start with lower decks with with my beloved tony Newsom. Mm-hmm. is that true yes. um, I, I love tony Newsom.
2: i would say start with lower decks and watch that because i think lower decks is a nice entry point
0: is that animated or is that it's not, animated. It is animated
2: um it's animated season 4 is actually about to drop um they're already 4 seasons in on that yeah season oh Jesus. as of when we were recording this season 4 drops next week what is, what um, is so it'll be already be out but um it uh I would say it's start with, that. start with that. Um, it it is it is very funny. It is mm-hmm. very against what I think a lot of people it plays against the grain of what I think a lot of people think Star Trek is, but also it is inherently Star Trek mm-hmm. and its core values, um, which I love. Uh and uh that's not just cause I work on the Star Trek comics. Like it's just a brilliant I think mm-hmm. it understands Star Trek better than a lot of Star Trek. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you want something. Um, live action. Um, there's only two seasons out. Um, it is. Nostalgic while. Very very fresh. Um, Strange New Worlds. Um, which season two Are these both on Paramount Plus? They're all, all Star Trek's on Paramount Plus. However. <laughs>
1: I'm um, a big Paramount Plus guy. I own stock in Paramount.
2: However they whatever. did just drop <laughs> all of season anymore. three. Of Lower Decks on YouTube.
1: Fun. Um, That's and cool. prep
2: for season four, I guess. Um, but yeah, they're all on, everything's on Paramount plus, but I, I highly recommend, um, Stranger Worlds and Lower Decks. You don't have to have seen or know anything about any other Star Trek in order to, to like them. Of course, there is the, the references in there. If you, if yeah. you have, and you know, you'll be able to appreciate, but, um, yeah, I'd say if nothing else, start with Lower Decks.
1: Okay. I think we have one left, right? We have one left. Which is...
2: The Lower Decks comic! Whoa! <laughs> is there a Lower Decks comic? Yes. Here?
1: Is that the one that you're working on?
2: Yeah. Okay.
1: Just read the Lower Decks comic, It's everybody. not on
2: this list. I, I lied. I'm just... I'm...
1: Um, No, it's uh, Ragnarok by uh, Walt Simonson, who
0: is both author and artist. Um, That's another one I think... Uh, Is there a collection or is this the three? There's three. So
2: there are collections. If you can get your hands on one, Mm. uh, you 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 hold on to that. Yeah, Uh, they're very hard to come by. Um, But um, yeah, Uh, Walt. So for people who don't know who Walt Simonson is, Walt Simonson um, is one of the like most renowned marvel comics he's known for drawing thor uh he's the creator of beta ray bill um if you know who that is um and he's a delightful human being who just like he's he's one of those guys who has story he, he's on a first name basis with stan lee mm-hmm. uh steve Ditko, jack Kirby. like you know you you you're on a panel with him he's like oh jack back in the day like blah blah blah, blah. um which is just like there's very few instances where I feel like I'm just like fangirling or in sure. awe, but if if I'm in a room with Walt Simonson and he's just talking about the good old days of the Marvel bullpen, I'm just you know googly eyed and just just talk, just never stop talking. And
0: Ragnarok <laughs> is Thor, but not MCU Thor, but right? not MCU it's, Thor. It's like Norse Thor, like not this, Marvel Thor at all, not Marvel right. Thor at all. No. So
2: Ragnarok, yeah, that's what is, an, not
0: MCU but Marvel in general, yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: So Ragnarok is is Walt's like. That's cute, Marvel. Mm. I want to do all the cool stuff that you will never let me do, um, and it's they didn't stop Ragnarok. Ragnarok happened, so this is all the aftermath, um, mm. and, okay. and it's his version. And um, he's he's actually he's working on the the next chunk now. Oh wow! Um, okay, but uh, he's been working on that next next chunk for a long time. So I don't know. I don't know when it's gonna come out he's he doesn't like to publish until the whole thing is yeah. done um, which I do, do like about, about him and he has the audience to who will wait for it um, but uh, he's, he's a master at visual storytelling his cartooning is, is very visceral and kinetic and um, it's just really cool to, you know... I think a lot of people forget that Thor is public domain. He's, yep, you right, know, yeah. it's, it's Norse mythology. Those characters are Norse mythology. So Marvel doesn't own... Norse Mythology they just own their depiction of mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that character and so um to see the other comic other quote unquote comic book version of him by someone who is known for drawing the Marvel version I think is you know very interesting Sweet.
1: and it continues this like content this like a uh, long-term exploration of uh gods and things like yep. that in inside the realm of comics because yeah. you know like obviously Jack Kirby was interested in that and the entire Asgard thing yeah. and so it yeah
2: and this this is the i think I don't mean this in the like it's rated R adult version but I think this is the mature version yeah, this yeah. is the like it's not all but is the it heroes rated R? The heroes, uh it it can't. I don't think Walt pushes his art necessarily yeah. to th- those levels. I just don't think that's his aesthetic. But, um, it definitely is more mature themes, and you know the heroes don't win at yeah. you know at, at every single time, and they're not good people necessarily. Um, and I think he does a a wonderful job at that. And then also, if you just want to see Thor. Killing bad guys, he's great at that too. Yeah. So um, there's there's a lot for everyone to to take away from that. Sweet, from oh. one of the greats, like one of the OGs of of Western classic American superhero comics.
1: Very excited. Yeah, should be good. Okay, it's good that's, module. That's the whole thing, right? That's, that's all, the whole thing. All Eleven. That's including... it. That's
2: the only comics that exist.
1: Yeah. What I I I hesitate. I feel like there's got to be some that like uh, are we can't do because they're either too long or because they uh, just don't fit in. So if there's, is there is, is there anything that like,
2: yeah, I mean, you know, I think to have some honorary mentions just to throw in there, I, you know, um, we, we talked about a lot in, in this episode already that, you know, Dan Slott Mobius trip uh, sure. with uh, Michael Allred Silver Surfer Saga, I think, you know, is is a modern classic uh, Walking Dead, I think, is a, another one to talk about the phenomena, the current modern phenomena of taking creator owned comics um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. to to television. Um, and um, that series has wrapped. So if you want to read 15 years of comics, it's yeah, there for right. you. Yeah. Uh, That's
0: actually one that I've read.
2: All of it. Mm-hmm. Wow. Thank you so much. Nice. I'm impressed.
0: And Matt has had my, the honorable judge, Matt early has had my first 48 issue volume for five years now, maybe.
2: Oh, wow. Um, I think to if you want, uh, all-star Superman, which we discussed, yeah. um, you know, there's, uh, any rain and who just dominates the wide middle we, grade. We, yeah.
1: We had considered you that. Know? It, yeah.
2: Um, and then unbiasedly, just, just, uh, but also it is one that I've worked on. I do push, uh, the unbelievable Gwenpool, mm-hmm. um, which I is, if you're into meta storytelling, it is very meta. Um, it is about a character who's quote unquote from the real world who ends up in the Marvel universe. And so because of that, she knows everything. Yeah. Um, and that's her superpower is she knows how comics work, she knows your secret identity. I remember
1: there being a great moment in one of those books. I don't remember which one because my brain is mush. But where she, Heather nose recognizes that like maybe she's not the main character and yep. so could possibly die. Yep. And I, I th- that one panel I just remember being like, oh, that's that's really clever. I have
2: to now stay relevant. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. Um,
2: That is that is her mm-hmm. her thing. You know, it starts off very campy. You know, like oh, I'm just you know alternate version, whatever, and I'm here to to. You know, she doesn't take it seriously because this world isn't real and these characters aren't real. But the longer she's there, it's real to her and she cares about them. But also she understands that for, in order for her to continue to exist, yeah. she needs to stay relevant. Um, and it becomes very existential and philosophical very quickly.
1: <laughs> yeah, which is fun because it's like also it, you, you don't necessarily think about that going into it. It no. sort of uh, sprung on you. Yeah um which is my favorite way to do those things i'd also recommend uh and this is no like everyone loves this and thinks that it's the best thing ever but it is like 1200 pages is jeff smith's bone yes which is like who who doesn't love that right? yes it's,
2: yeah that's that's a great one um
1: all ages too that's like a completely appropriate for yes. any, anyone who wants to read it can read it and I, I read that when i was yeah, 27 or something and thought it was the best thing yeah, ever. It's, so.
2: it's it's really good. I mean Scott McCloud's other stuff, Zot uh, the sculptor, he's a great, great storyteller. Mm-hmm. Um they're long, but um I definitely recommend checking them out for sure. Um yeah, I mean there's a ton, there's a ton ton out there um, so if you want a specific to you curated reading list reach <laughs> out to me and I will I will I love I love coming up with curated comics reading it's lists for people based on well speaking um, interests.
0: where can people find you where do you want to be found if you want to be found
2: uh, people can find me at, at Heather Antos on all of the things um, online so I'm pretty active on all of the things Cool. Um, and let's talk some comics or lower
0: decks sweet all right. Well, thank you. This is exciting. Yeah, yeah. Keep reading <laughs> comic books. <laughs> um, do we? Do, do you have
1: any crimes that you're particularly fond of? Do you like? Uh, like wait, hold on. <laughs> wait,
0: wait, wait, wait. Hold on before, crimes. Before we get there, there, do you have a Wikipedia page about yourself or no?
2: I have a Wikipedia page about myself, but not mm, a Wikipedia page. If you
0: wanted, so one thing we ask. Yeah, yeah. I forgot we, about We typically ask authors when they're on when we're talking about their work. We're not really talking about your work. We're just talking about the medium in general. But one thing Shreds likes to say is, is there a lie? Because this is a this is a a place of record that you could say whatever you want here and be like on this episode. We can source it.
2: Wait, what? I'm okay. so I'm so lost straight. So, now.
1: so the, the, <laughs> the, the the way the Wikipedia works is that it's an open source. Anyone can go in and edit it, it as long right, as they yeah, have yeah. like a legitimate source. So we have a podcast, so this podcast can function as a source. And we can we can shoehorn in oh. any, any lie that you'd like to tell about yourself.
2: Oh, I'm 5'7". Five, 5'7"? Seven. Five, seven? Yes. Okay.
0: Okay, we'll <laughs> do it. We'll go in there and we'll edit the <laughs> Wikipedia. Heather Antos
1: to say that you're five, five foot seven. seven inches. Now, secondly, um, uh, do you, yeah, what kind of crimes you like?
0: Arrestable crimes preferred.
2: That I like. Yeah. yeah. What's
0: the coolest crime?
2: What's the coolest crime?
0: Yeah. Not the um, one you've done. I mean, we you could also share that, but just the crime in general.
2: I don't. I don't know if I like. Crime.
0: Okay, today's crime
1: is shooting heroin. <laughs>